Hello, I am Daniel Bloodworth. We are Easy Allies, and this is the Easy Allies podcast. This week, I'm joined by Michael Huber. I am Michael Huber. <laughs> Michael Damiani. I am Michael Damiani. <laughs> Making it all happen in the control room, we got Isla Hink. I'm Batman. <laughs> uh, there you go. Hey, yes. Don Casanova is running around <laughs> fixing cameras for us. Oh, no, he's not, baby. He's over there by a laptop. Oh. There. Gabby's keeping an eye on us. <laughs> oh, Don. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to say what Don is doing. Never mind. Don't know. I don't know what Don is doing. <laughs> Isla, do you like a I am Batman or a I'm Batman? I'm Batman. <laughs> I like, I like, uh, it, it must be the bat. Oh, right. And then they go, oh, maybe it must have been the wind. <laughs> yup. Uh, friends, oh, we're here. It's to the bat. Oh. That's what it is. It's the bat. It's the bat. It's the best. Friends, we're here to talk about what's new, what's news, and what we've been playing. Uh, there's been a lot of rumblings about uh, Xbox games uh, heading to other platforms. Mm. Uh, Microsoft isn't denying anything, so mm. just like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll say something, something later. Okay. Mm. Uh, we've got Nintendo financial numbers. Uh, we're talking about some games, and we've got a special interview with Tim Schafer uh, to catch us up on what's happening with Day of the Devs. But before we get started, we must answer the wrong question. Okay. All right. With all the rumors and reports happening lately, oh geez, what are your thoughts on Resident Evil 4 as a permanent GameCube exclusive? Uh, Whoa. I, you know, I, I always say the more people that get to play something, the the better off the world will be. So I don't, I don't like that. I don't like it one bit. Spread the wealth, Capcom. <laughs> uh, I am dumb because I forgot the premise of this. This was supposed to be a bit, or we were supposed to think about when it happened and actually comment on it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I guess you just confirmed, Blood, that the Switch 2 is actually called GameCube. It's, <laughs> you know, pretty amazing that you leaked that as the CEO of Nintendo. <laughs> and that Resident Evil 4 Remake Gold Edition or Super Enhanced Gold Edition to come into Switch 2 exclusively. <laughs> Super there you go. Enhanced Gold Edition. <laughs> but no, the, the, the question is wrong, but you answer it to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. As, as, a, as a tried and true console warrior myself, I think that the- no one should get to play games except for the people who own the console I own. The piece of plastic I own is the best one, mm-hmm. and everyone else is human garbage. And I'm going to comment about it on the internet and accuse you of making all sorts of untoward deals because you must not love the piece of plastic that I love and base my identity around. So, um, yes, no, no one should have ever been able to play that except for people who add, honestly, the dev unit of the GameCube. Like, honestly, they shouldn't release games, because that's, that's, yeah, that's not even the real unit you know, that it was <laughs> developed on. PC is the only actual gaming console. Oh, no, they had specific GameCube dev units. But okay, no. well, then in that case. Um, yeah. No, it's actually really fascinating to think about that. Like, oh, this was exclusive. It was. Could you imagine if it yeah, stayed uh, exclusive? That PS2 version they make was like a clutch, because it promise? had uh, separate ways. Is that the one that had the promise where they were like, oh, so like made a serious like stakes promise, and then a year later the PS2 version came out? Am I misremembering? I, but... I do think that there was something along that lines where they were for sure saying it was going to stay exclusive, and yeah. then they announced it was coming to PS2 
before the GameCube release. <laughs> well, we now live in a world where you play like Resident Evil 4 on yeah. everything, and we got the greatest. And before that, game. too, we had uh, Code Veronica and then Code Veronica X. Sure. It's like you used to re releases. But that's what, but that's what Damiani's bringing me back to the point. It's like Resident Evil 4 is on everything. Everything, yeah. <laughs> play the thing on your phone. It, it is on phone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, DF Gaming in chat has posed a secondary wrong question uh, by saying that the GameCube is the best console to whack someone in the head with. Uh, well, you got a good handle. Yeah. You got a great handle, but it's not very heavy. Heat action with a GameCube. Yeah. Yeah, but it's got those sharp corners. It does have sharp corners. I think it would hurt more to get hit by like a PlayStation 5, but you don't have as much of a purchase because yeah. there's no handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you could get more men on what's a GameCube. That's true. Multiple swings. It's like a speed weapon versus a heavy. <laughs> the, the GameCube is like the, the Blade of Mercy, and the PS5 is the Kirk Hammer. <laughs> the original 360 power break. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> an original <laughs> Xbox would kill someone, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. That's why they had detachable controller wires. Oh, someone in chat said that right when I said that. Uh, that question was submitted by Cameron St- Standring. Thank you, Cameron. Now let's get into it. Uh, yeah, this is like... <laughs> This is the worst kind of scenario for a weekly news podcast. Uh, so we have, we're in a state where we have rumors and we have a company that is waiting to conffirm what those rumors actually amount to. Yeah. So we're in the limbo the zone. Best. It's a wild spot this to be in. Best. Yeah, I agree, Damiani. <laughs> this is the YouTube game. Yeah. Baby. Making videos, two videos a day about this. Ride that algorithm. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, algorithm's <laughs> hot for this right now. But uh, yeah, the, the question essentially is whether Xbox is done with exclusives. Uh, and this has been kind of going on for a couple of weeks now. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we had these murmurings about Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves mm-hmm. uh, coming to Switch and PS5, which eventually got backed up by, like, data-mined images of Hi-Fi Rush showing, like, T-shirt designs that seemed to be, like, indicating uh, those platforms. Yeah. Uh, and then last week, Xbox Era reported that Starfield is going to make the jump to PS5 after uh, the Shattered Space expansion. Mm-hmm. And then The Verge followed up on that, reporting that Microsoft is considering bringing Indiana Jones to PS5 a few months after the Xbox launch, which they're saying would be December sometime of this year. Uh, quote, uh, a new multi-platform approach for certain Xbox games is emerging inside Microsoft, we're told, with the company weighing up which titles will remain exclusive and others that will appear on Switch or PS5 in the future. We're told there's still an intense debate internally at Microsoft over which games to bring to rival consoles. All of this has been followed up with Phil Spencer saying, we're listening and we hear you. How many times has he said those words? Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, like, has to be hundreds by now. Only exclusively when he was on Game <laughs> We've been planning a business update event for next week, where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. Uh, so during the Nintendo Direct <laughs> next week, Phil Spencer's going to get on there and announce this. <laughs> oh. You know what? That'd be wild. That's I not that far off, dude. dude. The, I bet the Hi-Fi Rush announcement is in the direct, but... I didn't even think not, about that. 
Yeah, it like, could be maybe. in the Nintendo Direct, and that's why they the don't rumors are partner Direct. But I so real quick before you get like anything deep about this blood, I do wonder if he's being like very literal there in that. The, the, the internal debate is going on and they're not exactly sure what to do. Well, that's like from maybe the there verge. are like specifically it said that. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe there is like, you know, two competing, you know, mindsets there. And perhaps letting it come out unofficially like this, they get to see people's reactions. I don't think I mean maybe that's not the best way, but it seems like a very potentially big move. So if there's any way to get a read on the room before you actually make it official you know, before you like make a potentially bad decision could be useful. So I, w- I do wonder if any of this is like potentially like they're, they're, they're trying to get a little bit of like feedback. But man, the, the, this thing is just going to keep going crazy until they say something like you're right. Like it's going to be a circus until they Microsoft says something. Phil gets on video stage, whatever, and says what the deal is. Yeah. It's a wild time for sure. It reminds me of the Dreamcast. That's what I've been thinking about <laughs> quite a bit lately. Um, you know, I my hope. I, it's so it's such a complicated thing because console wars are super lame. <laughs> like your fir- your loyalty should be to the video games, not the box. You know, but I do understand that like people like their ecosystems. You know, mm-hmm. totally totally valid. Like uh, you know, Steam versus Epic you know achievements versus trophies and vice versa so i totally get that like i see that and i and i hear that but you know again i'm thinking about the dreamcast and i'm thinking about sega going third party and i think of a relevant game right now i think of yakuza yeah and this is a franchise that is now on like all of the all of them are on xbox and playstation and because of that because there's no like rivalry there this is a universally beloved series. I mean, this is one of the most loved series in the entire industry right now. And that came out of the ashes of Sega going third party. So I'm just hoping that whatever happens, that through all of this, we can all just come together and enjoy games. And maybe it will put a tentative end to this like crazy console war that has just been raging harder than it ever has i feel like in the last like five or ten years it's been nuts huber if if (laughs) sega did have a console right now what would they call it (laughs) (laughs) some like sega extreme something i don't know that's very sega energy i don't know extreme heat well, they were getting because it was yeah. Genesis, then then Dreamcast, Saturn. Like, they were getting more like ethereal and and weird with it. So mm-hmm. it probably called like Sega Ephemera or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's funny. Like, uh, oh, sorry. Go go ahead, Damiani. Go ahead. Finish your things. I'm, uh, well, I was going to start a new thing. So, you go ahead. Okay. So, uh, Huber, I'm I'm with you with mm-hmm. that, but I do also want to say like, I do understand like in the short term. Yeah. If this comes to fruition, like like X, Microsoft first party games, Xbox first party games are coming to other platforms. Yeah. I can see how people invested recently into like the Xbox ecosystem might feel a little bit burned totally, by totally. that. But my counter um, to that so would be I, Game yeah. Pass. Like if Game Pass maybe stays on yes. PC, Xbox consoles, but the games on other systems you have to pay. I think that would yeah. still. I think that'd be like a nice balance with the loyal Xbox Game Passers. 
because then they still get yeah. that value. But Game Pass is already not like you can get that on your Samsung TV without an Xbox. Yeah. You can get that on your I, phone without an Xbox. But not like PlayStation yeah. or Switch. Like if that comes, if Game Pass comes to PlayStation or Switch, like I can see, I can see people being mm-hmm. upset by that. But but you still would yeah. get your trophies in your you know your potentially mm-hmm. your digital library if it yeah yeah if you could access it through cloud. Yeah. Maybe they just could do some kind of like loyalty thing where they reward people who've like already like invested somehow. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like give them some like they just need to be acknowledged. I think if this is going to come to pass, yeah. they like they need to do something like that because you're going to get, you know, a, a vocal group of people who are like, man, like I feel burned yeah. by this. But I do feel like in the long term, coming from a, a consumer perspective, um, I feel like the dream is to have like every game available like on anything period. So you don't have to buy like there, there are no exclusives that we're probably never going to get there anytime soon, but this would be like one more step towards that where it's like, okay, Microsoft's offerings are going to be on everything, including PlayStation and Nintendo possibly. And that's, you know, a win for totally. consumers and will help erode that, you know, kind of the, the fanboyism behind the, the different platforms. My- so I do see it as a big win for, for for potentially for consumers. There is a flip side, but how do you yeah, feel about but, that well, with the my, consumer angle? My, I agree with you, but then I ask all of you, my question is like, because competition is good. So it's like if these, yeah. you know, yes. Xbox versus, say versus, but like Xbox versus PlayStation, like the battle of the exclusives, you know, it it, it, it helps the industry and it, it doesn't let them rest on their, their laurels, so to speak. So I wonder if Xbox goes away what will that do just in general like without that competition there but so is it really like so nintendo's I, always I did, playing their own their own game <laughs> yeah so I, I i did read a discussion about mm-hmm. this this what i'm about to bring up and i found it kind of interesting so i kind of want to like pose it to you a little bit that maybe yeah in terms of like that view of competition but view it as like xbox microsoft still has to compete with other third-party yeah. games they're they're like always competing with them true yeah and that they're also competing with everything else like look at streaming services and how their their ecosystems are working and like how you know they just their pricing how they they deal with like bouncing around like exclusives like there is a a, an example of that like you you're competing for time so there will be that the argument could be that they were still they still will feel the pressure basically they're not going to get complacent but that's for the i feel like the the game side you're concerned about the less hardware there is, though, I'm worried about like you know hardware pricing mm. potentially for like Nintendo, especially Sony. If like Sony's like we're the only ones left for like dedicated game systems, five hundred ninety nine like, US that dollars. PlayStation Six is gonna be insane, possibly. But yeah, but uh, do the but will other things maybe keep? The, I don't know this answer. I'm just curious what you think. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things uh, there was a couple of things that I was thinking about. You guys were talking about that stuff. One is it's it's funny to me that you're talking about like oh Nintendo's just kind of outside. Yeah, like Nintendo is the one dominating, <laughs> dominating. the gen- generation. They're, yeah, they're just doing yeah. their own, own thing. Dominating exclusives. <laughs> and yeah, it's just like not even like yeah, it's considered just a, oh it's a side branch yeah. thing because this they, is the secondary. They pivoted war. so hard. <laughs> Right, because like when we we're talking about game, you know, GameCube, Xbox, PlayStation Two, like all basically had the same games outside of exclusives, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, with Wii is like, okay, well now you've got games that we just simply can't put on another system without completely overhauling how they play. Yeah, you know, and and now is you know, it's, yeah, Switch has got its own crazy stuff going on. Um, but yeah, so they 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 essentially put themselves in another category. Is like, oh, 
You have a PlayStation? Buy a Switch too. You have an Xbox? Buy a Switch as well. Mm-hmm. You don't have either of those? Get a Switch. Like yeah. everybody. everybody. Everybody get a Switch. Yep. You know, and it doesn't feel like it's the same like side-by-side kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, another thing, th- now these rumors I haven't seen pop up as frequently, so I don't know if maybe there's not as much um, authenticity to them or what, but there was also this thing going around talking about uh, Xbox potentially licensing out hardware so that like that you mean? would basically see like oh, Asus and I, okay, Razer yep. and all these yep. other companies make Xbox compatible machines and then they could make essentially like, mo- like more powerful versions of an Xbox or cheaper Whoa. versions of an Xbox. Nintendo tried to do this once upon a time. Yeah? Really? Then, uh, Tell me about yeah, it. The Panasonic in Japan, Panasonic GameCube. The GameCube that was variant. sort of different, but yeah. It was sort of different, but then there was like, was it a, was it 3D, CDI, 3DO, like th- uh, Magnavox, whatever. They were all like John the different variants yes of those systems. And, and Chad is screaming about it's, Steam it's, machines because this was attempted Steam machines, yeah. 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 Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like this is, a, this is a thing. And Microsoft being so tied to like PC hardware as well, I it, this felt to me like a natural thing they would try and pursue at some point is that before even like Game Pass like took off, I was like, maybe they just let other people build machines that run their their ecosystem and their games and take some of that burden off of them because they seem to be a software going towards software service less towards hardware. So now this would make more like even more perfect sense if they like want to like scale that back a little bit. Speaking of Game Pass, do we think mm-hmm. they want to put games on other consoles because of yeah. Game Pass on Xbox? Just like people not buying the games versus like the ge- just getting it on Game Pass. If, uh, they, if they get on other consoles, like like I was that saying maybe earlier. that may be part of it. it it's because that's one of the things that was it was it's interesting because if you look at games that are like huge like mega hits right mm-hmm. like if you look at starfield and you look at power world stuff like that they still got a lot of people to yeah. buy those games totally on top of the people that are on game pass especially yeah. the people that went the early access route yeah but <laughs> yep. something like hi-fi rush mm-hmm. pentiment mm. that was more like oh we could have only put this game out on because game pass of... because it might not have really gotten sales yeah but if you can then on top of that oh we'll put those on playstation yeah, as well would be sick on switch right so yeah switch is yeah switch is great for pentiment yeah so Man. i don't know i love pentiment i mean love that the, game yeah they obviously they obviously want game pass on those platforms because i mean it's increased potential subscriptions but that's chasing like the you know the ever-increasing subscription pricing model that you know we're seeing tv movie streaming services already running into that brick wall that that may not be as viable as once thought and who is it from sony side that recently said that they don't view game streaming like netflix streaming that they generally feel like people want to play like one game and like focus on it and then like really you know get in, into it and then move on to another game they don't like binge game they don't like they don't their have their playing habits aren't the same as their viewing habits so i do wonder you know whether or not you know this translates to like you know the the the, the their, their games actually like you know selling like maybe it is better to put their game like it's game pass and everything but also like putting their their games on other platforms just to buy as well like hi-fi rush the one that's you know probably like the most confirmed 
Um, going on Switch standalone makes more sense than putting Game Pass on Switch with Hi-Fi Rush on it. I think Hi-Fi Rush is the type of game that would sell pretty well on Switch Heart, like to just people on Switch. So I think that makes more yeah. sense. I, I wonder do, if... Go ahead. I was going to say, I do wonder, like... Because for a while, you know, it seemed like they were trying for this kind of decentralized, console-free future. And it's like, if they are on... You know, because, like, that's how you win the console war is you stop playing it. You, like, you stop fighting it. You you transcend it and you put Xbox, quote-unquote, on everything. And it's like, if you can if you can get game Xbox Game Pass on Apple TV and, and Samsung TVs and every phone, you know, you wouldn't even necessarily need it to be on PlayStation or Switch. But if you also got it on those, it's like, it would be the option for everyone, you know, and it's like for every person paying 15 or $20 a month or whatever, you know, you, you eventually make up for not having an Xbox to sell at all, right? Like, in theory. I don't know. It's it's, an, it's such an interesting take on, on it. Yeah. Well, I do wonder as well because, um, you know, when they introduced the, the Xbox series, you know, with the X and S, it re- and, and they were talking about going beyond generations and all that, I thought that that would mean that, you know, we wouldn't be looking at like, oh, you know, a full console cycle or like mid-gen refresh would be just like, it'd be like phones, you know? Yeah. Like every right. other year, there's another Xbox, just get the higher end Xbox, oh, you know? And then, yeah. and then they would sort of, you know, by the time Sony got around to a PlayStation 6, they would have a much more powerful machine, you know, and, and kind of be pushing things that away. Mm-hmm. Maybe if these other manufacturers get involved, that's something that would happen anyways. But I wonder if, yeah. you know, that, you know, with the shortages with, with COVID and the supply chain, maybe through that whole thing off, we still haven't seen whether those uh, those leaked images from the court documents are, mm-hmm. are going to happen for sure this year or not. Oh, that's a good point because you're bringing up like other manufacturers making Xbox hardware. I don't like, will there even be a point if they're not smartphones and TVs because the rumor is they're going all digital. You're not going to need to make new machines that play the physical games on them anymore. You just need, you know, to be able to like play them digitally. Yeah. So that would be, yeah, that, that's, that's the, the, you know, that's the other big part of this equation is, you know, is, is that going to be true or is that mid the, their mid cycle refresh truly going to be digital only for all versions of the Xbox series machines or, or and, like uh, how PlayStation did where it's like you buy the disc drive optional, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you can get a compatible disc drive. It's just not going to be, you know, included yeah. in your machine. Give us another $80. I mean, it'll be pretty, it'll be pretty telling if they don't even have that. I think that will be like, you know, I mean, obviously when they say what they're going to say about this, plus I think that what they say might make more sense of, when we hear more about if they're going all digital, because if they want to get their exclusives off of just the Xbox hardware and onto other platforms, this seems to be pointing towards their a shift in you know their philosophy and their business model. Um, that they they are all in on Game Pass. They are all in on having their experience anywhere that you could like get your hands on it. Do you think uh, the astronomical? video game budgets are also a factor in this decision oh i'm sure i'm sure and we and we have a, a love and respect question that will get to that as well nice uh some other things i i, I did want to kind of point out though because i feel like it's interesting the verge saying like the internal debate about this because i feel like xbox has been toying with this for 
a while for like at least five years, you know, hmm. uh, because I remember when I first probably yeah, more. when I first saw Cuphead at GDC, and they were like essentially like Xbox had like encouraged them to bring that over to Switch, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I saw Cuphead on Switch at, at GDC, is what I mean. I mean, seen Cuphead for a long time before that. <laughs> um, uh, and then Ori, both Ori games similarly went over to Switch. Yep. And I oh, think they might have even been published by Xbox on I mean, Switch. Has the Xbox published yeah. on there. But I mean, the biggest one, Minecraft. Yeah. It makes like the like some of the most, I mean, it makes a ton of money on Switch. Yeah, like, not, not only was is, Minecraft yeah. already a multi-platform by the time they really got involved, but like they've just expanded that. They just like made sure that people can play mm-hmm. together and and push into that stuff um and then yeah with like the cloud streaming like we were saying like they've just all in on everything that has a screen that's where they want their game pass subscribers to come from from people that don't even have any consoles yeah uh, but it has been slowing down like damiani was saying it's like that subscription path has not you know been the straight shot that it, it seemed like a couple years ago uh and i think that the fact that Sony has their own now, you know, kind of, you know, dilutes the proposition there too. It's like, well, I can get Game Pass or I can get the PlayStation equivalent of Game Pass. The difference is that, you know, PlayStation first party really isn't over there on the higher ends as much. Um, and definitely not the day day one. Yeah. <laughs> Sony's not going for day one yet. No. Um, Nowhere near no. as good. Yeah. They're protecting the value of their... Mm-hmm. But I remember when they were first showing off the xCloud stuff, like, I was convinced that they were go- they were going to put it on Switch. Yeah. Like, I was like, dude, they're going to say oh, it. Yeah. They're going to say it. Everything that's been pointing to that, and I think, you know, Nintendo probably doesn't want it, but yeah. uh, who knows? Any uh, any doom and gloom for the video game industry because of this? Like, if Xbox just fully oh. pulls out and goes thir- third so, party, like, yeah. you know, video game it, budgets are keep going up and up and with one less player in there like one of the biggest ever in the yes. biz <laughs> like but there won't be it's just a platform so that's what's weird yeah, yeah they'll still be like around like sega they just bought activision yeah. blizzard like yeah. they're not going away well, but yeah 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 what like i well there was a, a social thread i was reading about the so i was we we're talking about consumer focus but like from the developer standpoint how this might potentially be negative for developers mm-hmm. because the loss of like a first party platform, if it just becomes like a service instead of like a hardware platform, it means potentially less opportunities. I like, but I, I'm not entirely sure about that. Cause I don't know enough about what goes on behind the scenes. Like if Xbox hardware went like away and they were just like game pass and digital, you could buy our games digitally on any platform. Would they like, would all their other programs wouldn't just go away, right? Like, you know, their initiatives, those would still, because they'd still want to secure software, right? For their service, because Game Pass would be essentially yeah. be the, the thing. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I did see some concerns that it potentially isn't good when you lose like a first yeah. party. Uh, you know, one of the big three now becomes the big two. That might not be great. Yeah. Well, I could definitely see, you know, like, is the fact that, Xbox is trailing right now a factor in, you know, like the PlayStation Plus price increases and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, we don't have to worry about if Xbox is cheaper because people aren't buying the Xbox, so we can kind of do what we want right now. Yeah. So there's definitely, I do think that's definitely a factor. And, you know, like, do they, what does it matter if they secure an exclusive or not if there's nothing else for 
to be exclusive on. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so far, it doesn't sound like that stuff is going away. Um, but uh, here, well, one of the things I do think is pushing in this direction, too, is the Call of Duty thing. You know, we talk about Minecraft. Call of Duty is kind of a similar thing where it's like they saw that and it's like, well, we can't make Call of Duty exclusive. We will definitely lose money yeah. and goodwill if we make Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox. You know, so they're like they did, you know, they did whatever math was there. And it's like, yeah, people will just they won't come to Xbox. They'll just stop playing Call of Duty, you know, and they'll stop buying it. Yeah. So uh, but here's a here's another one uh, from another quote from The Verge from Xbox CFO Tim Stewart. Uh, He said this in November, quote, not announcing anything broadly here, but our mission is to bring our first party experiences and our subscription services to every screen that can Whoa. play games. That means smart TVs. That means mobile devices. That means that we would have thought of, uh, that means what we would have thought of as competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. Wow. You just flat out said this in November. Jeez. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Planting yeah. the seed. <laughs> Jeez. But it's a different thing when you start talking about specific games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, personally, I think what we're going to see is not going to be a full-on abandoning of exclusives. I think what we're going to see is going to be like PlayStation 5 games on PC, you know, uh, where uh, we're going to see maybe something like Helldivers that comes day and date, but a lot of it is going to be very up-in-the-air, case-by-case basis. Mm -hmm. You know, here's Horizon Forbidden West a year and a half later, Yeah, you know. And, and, you know, like they're saying, here's Indiana Jones on Xbox and then... Play it first here. Yeah. Yeah. And then six months later, they'll Uh-oh. announce Indiana Jones on PlayStation 5. Yeah. yeah. Which is still huge because you see what people will do to play a game even three days early, let alone right. <laughs> months, you yeah. know? That's still huge. And I think that's another fair point in terms of what you're talking about with the costs and stuff of development mm-hmm. is, you know... You can get more sales if you release on all platforms. You can save marketing money if you release on all platforms at the same time. Mm-hmm. But in terms of actually developing a game, like honing in on that specific hardware and like getting the most out of it and totally. just like having that as your focus, like you see the difference. 100%. You, first party all the way. <laughs> yeah. You always see what a first party can do yeah. when they're not having to, you know, develop around like five different platforms totally so wild times right now it's so wild what is it gonna look like in six months yeah what's it gonna look like next week i know we're sitting here waiting for microsoft to actually say what they're gonna do serious (laughs) holy moly damiani's got a little taller over here they probably have yeah They've probably gone through that script like multiple times. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Anyways, any any other thoughts before I move on? We'll have more to say next week. Yeah, a lot more. I'm sure. Uh, Just just love your love your video games. You know, just don't be don't don't go crazy on people. Yes, you know that is for sure. There've been some people going nuts. Yeah, like it's all just about video games. Yeah. You know. Well, and like play, play them where you got them. 
if you're if you're defending a console with fervor, you are a corporate stooge. You, you've <laughs> fallen you've fallen prey to years of marketing. That is a visceral attack, Isla. Well, you know, it goes back to like we do it, Nintendo. Like that's an ad. Yeah. That's a commercial. That's, that's where it started. Like yep. it's it's the entire console war is a marketing scheme. Yeah. Like it's it's nothing but that. And it's so it's like if you're defending it. You're defending a Sega marketing Sega started scheme. it, and then Genesis they left the had fight. the most yeah. insane <laughs> ads. Oh my goodness! I still remember them. Do you remember them doing the, uh, the 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 shoot with the N64s? They had like this N64 and like a clay pigeon thing, and f- that was the Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and flung it up in the air and blasted it out yep. of the air with oh a my shotgun. God. I remember those. Oh my god! <laughs> so nuts. Yep, Crash Bandicoot. Just tossing them out there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about a game. Uh, Steam Next Fest is happening. Yeah, it is. Tons of stuff out there. Dude, Stormgate beta. Let's go. Yeah, that Stormgate beta is happening. Skull and Bones beta is happening. Stormgate. Final Fantasy VII just decided to just say, too bad, Indies. We've got our own demo. Yo, Stormgate's sick, but it needs more violence. <laughs> it, ne- it needs to up the <laughs> violence. When you're like shooting each other and like getting in like a, a big war, it's just like pop, 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 pop. Things are like dying. It's very like chill, you know, where StarCraft 2 units are just like exploding. Nice. Yeah, I need that. Yeah. Just a beta though. We'll get, we'll get your feedback. Sound you know, mechanics. For sure. For sure. Uh, but the one I wanted to check out, the one demo I grabbed off of Steam Next Best, uh, which they think they put out a couple of days earlier, was uh, for Tales of Kinzara Zao. Uh, which, uh, Huber, remember this is revealed at the Game Awards. Uh, nope. You go ahead and start rolling the trailer. I do not. Uh, yeah. By uh, Abu Bakar Salim, uh, who, uh, who's an actor who's got a new studio I remember, up and running. I remember. This yeah. is like the family one. Yes. Yeah, he yes. lost his dad, so he wanted yes. to make a game that Incredible. kind of like, paid tribute to his dad. Well, this played... is the one where he, he went out and, and started, he led with that, like yeah. described losing his dad mm-hmm. and stuff, and we we're all like, okay, cool, this is going to be like a sad like story game. Yeah. And it's like a freaking Metroidvania. Yeah. And we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, so you play as the shaman, Zhao, who is, has lost his father, and he, he makes a deal with uh, the god of death, Kalunga. That seems risky. It does, <laughs> but here's the thing. This is what's interesting about you know, getting something from a different cultural context is like this guy seems like like a, 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 a jolly old man. The god of death. Yeah. Is jolly. Yeah. Awesome. He, he's, he, 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 he's like, you know, this, this somebody who's just like, you know, be respectful and all yeah. of this kind of thing. And, cool. Uh, Strong Prince of Persia vibes, of course, just because it's new yep. and on the mind. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yep. I'm definitely Which is a very good thing. Um, <laughs> and so I guess what he needs to do is uh, he needs to bring peace to three great spirits that have cheated death. That sounds awesome. Uh, great and, premise. And that's kind of that's that's kind of the the mission that you're out to to, to have. That's a good hook. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, as you saw in the trailer, um, you have like a both a sun mask and a moon mask for for your different abilities. Uh, one thing that's interesting in terms of like. Metroidvania staples, at least in the demo, you you start out with a double jump and an air dash. Nice. So you're really mobile uh, straight away, uh, right uh, off the right off the gut, the get go. There you go. Um, but with the uh, the masks, so the sun is like melee attacks mm. and launchers. 
So like pow pow pow, and then uppercut. Launch them up, juggle them. Because like uh like one button is like your quick attack, the others are heavy. Nice. The moon. Okay. Uh, they're like uh, projectiles, so like little blue laser blasts. Nice. And then you've got kind of like a close like shotgun blast kind of thing. Cool. <laughs> uh, and then uh, with the moon, you can like hold the trigger to like aim more precisely. So get those get the ranged filth. Nice. Oh, yes. Okay. Brandon Jones. Yeah. Uh, then the, that's nice though is is swapping back and forth. Uh, you can like uppercut with the sun and swap to moon and then juggle with the little laser blasts. Mm. So nice, uh. nice little feel, nice little mechanics to play around with there. Uh, he is a little headstrong. He gets into arguments with Kalunga here and there as as you're going through. That's fun. Uh, and then like there's this point where you like run across a bridge and the bridge shatters and it's like and you get kind of scolded and it's like okay now you got to work your find your way out of these caves. That's cool um, that they're characters. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, and then um, in there uh, I got like uh, yeah you get these like ultimate kind of like spirit attacks. Um, and you like click yeah. both sticks in, and so like for the moon, it's like a blast out in front of you, and then for uh, sun, it's like a pillar of fire. Yeah. Um, and then I, I'm trying to remember. I think, I think what you do, yeah, I think as you're like doing normal attacks, you build up your spirit meter, and then, then like you can use that to heal, or you can like save up two chunks to do your your big attack. Save it the, up for the boss. Yeah. Does it do the like Prince of Persia thing? Can you lose it? By getting damaged, or is it just always? I think that building? like once it's filled, you keep it. Like I don't think you lose that. Okay, meter, but um, yeah, that's cool that they're characters because like Metroidvanias are usually very yeah. isolating. Yeah, you know, very yeah, intentionally so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, solitary. Very. Yeah. Um, there's been some uh, some good music. There are skill trees for Sun and Moon separately. So when you get skill points, you can decide which which path you want to go down. Uh, the first one that I got had like a like an active reload for your, your laser blast. Classic. Push the button at the right time. Um, there's like spikes that you can launch enemies into, Then, you, but you also have to like avoid them as you're like going down the river rapids, like jump at the right time to keep from smashing into the spikes. Very <laughs> reminding me of uh, Tomb Raider, the 3D, the big two Tomb Raider remake. Oh <laughs> Uh, there are the trinkets. I got one that like will increase okay. damage for like bashing enemies into each other or into mm. obstacles. Okay. Um, cool. And then uh, the first like Metroidvania uh, like ability that you get is uh, to freeze. So you can freeze enemies, but then you can also freeze water. And then you use uh, that to, to freeze traverse. the waterfalls. Uh, and you can wall jump up the waterfalls, and then you get back oh, to where sick. that bridge was broken. Love that. And that's basically that's where the cool. demo was, was ending. Sweet. Yeah, Blasphemous 2 vibes with the like the weapons are your weapons, but also tools for traversal. I love that in a Metroidvania. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, just in terms of performance, it did have like the like shader stutter thing going on I, I, I saw other people talking about mm. that with like a lot of steam next best demos mm-hmm. so it might run a little bit more smoothly on on cold consoles um but we'll see it's still got a couple months to go that's coming out yeah april 23rd nice on everything pc okay. ps5 okay. switch xbox and like for said, everybody everybody can play yeah sweet yeah but I'm, I'm hyped just to see you know like yeah stuff coming with this kind of like Again, that like the African background. Like I've been yeah. wanting to 
to see more of that. It's like we're, we're it's like we're like video games are making their way around the world. Like okay, yeah. we're in Africa. It's like ah, and there it is. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited for that one too, bud. Definitely on the list. Nice. Uh, speaking of cool creative games, next up. We are talking with Tim Schaefer about Day of the Devs. Uh, we had to schedule that earlier, so Huber and Damiani are going to go away for a bit, but we'll get them in a few minutes. Hello, everyone. Welcome Tim Schaefer today uh, from Devil Fine and Day of the Devs. Hey, Tim. Hello. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks um, for being here. Yeah, so we've both been to uh, Day of the Devs event in the past. We went to the one that was uh, here after uh, the Game Awards uh, last December, and then we've been to like GDC and Summer Game Fest and all of that. Um, and uh, thanks, for yeah, thanks for coming. Love it. <clears throat> Let us know, kind of like because uh, you know we're familiar with Day of the Devs, but like I don't know if everyone listening is. Kind of give us an idea of like what that event is all about, and then uh, this crazy new announcement you made uh, earlier this year. Yeah, I'd love to. I, um, you know, it was over 10 years ago, we wanted to talk about one of our games, but we're like, we want a kind of show that's really like fan friendly and, but really positive, not, doesn't have any toxicity and just, and also really like low key and just a, f- a festival kind of feeling more like instead of a giant marketing juggernaut, you know, um, and also we wanted something in, you know, San Francisco because we're lazy, you know, on travel, but we're like, um, <laughs> let's just make one up. And so uh, Greg Rice uh, put together this kind of this show by a lot of it by himself in this just a little bar and got and then called I am 8-Bit to help out. And they've just turned it into a bigger and bigger show over here until it became this like um, amazing festival of, you know, like 70 or so indie games, mostly. Um but the idea is that it's free. It's free to attend. It's a um, free to uh, show your game. The developers don't pay anything to come. Um, there's no fancy booths. Everyone just has the same setup. And it's um, open to the public, and it's open to all ages. But it still has uh, food and drink and live music from performers who perform in, in um, like, video game musicians that, um, that people are familiar with. So it's really meant to be kind of like in the spirit of music festivals, just a celebration of the art of video games. And it's been something that has inspired me every year, um, especially when they put that sizzle reel together. Here are all the games that are giving me a day of the devs. They edit together all their games. And it's like this, this is crazy thing. Cause if you've worked in games for as long as I have, you get, sometimes you feel like you've seen it all, you know, and then you see that yeah. sizzle reel and you're like, Oh my God, games can do anything. Games are magic. This is amazing. Get all excited again. And so it's one of my favorite things, but it was always, you know, came out of double fine and I made it and, um, and it was still meant to be free. So we do fundraising and there's this question of like, well, aren't you part of a company? Like, why are you doing fundraising and why don't you just pay for it? So it's like, this is really a nonprofit. We should make it officially a nonprofit. So this year we put in the, you know, research and stuff to figure out how to do that. And we, um, we got it completely freed from any sort of ownership. So it's 100% independent, 100% free and clear, and 100% nonprofit, official nonprofit. So we just launched a, um, a fundraising. Now we got to do some fundraising. And uh, it's on the dayofthedevs.com page. You can find out how you can become a uh, supporter of Day of the Devs, <laughs> the greatest game festival of all time. It really is. I, the vibes are exactly as you described and and like last year the games were so cool like there was that game you had to fool traffic ai to not think you're a I'm human and like, <laughs> yeah so good i fooled it by using phones as headlights it was very fun oh wow but every every <coughs> dev always talks about that how it's like such a good vibe and it's free for them to attend and every dev i talked to was so 
thrilled about that. So it seems like going uh, going nonprofit is the way to go. Like, yeah, before it was just you guys partnered up. It wasn't any kind of organization to it, really. What do you mean? Like, I mean, we it came out of, uh, you know, we were at work at Double Fine, so it was kind of like, and and I right. was at work, so it was like um, us putting it on ourselves. But we are still, as a company, that, you know, we're owned by Xbox and stuff now. So it's kind of, it, yeah. it seemed like it's, you know, we wanted to just clarify that because we're acting like a nonprofit that we should, it really should, the spirit is nonprofit and platform agnostic. That's the other thing we want to be. Yeah. independent so there'd be no question about it. it's just about the games it's not about any particular you know business or anything uh what does that landscape look like now indie games have changed a lot since you started this right yeah that was the other part of it it was a lot of the news articles back then were about the shock of uh because there was this initial rush of like indie games like it's just uh braid limbo and you know <laughs> these big hit indie games and everyone's like oh i could just release my indie game it'll be a big hit like braid and all of a sudden there were thousands of um that graph of how many steam games get released today just went up and up and up and up that's <laughs> yeah. that's part of why we realized it was bigger than us it wasn't just the games we wanted to show it's like there's some really great games out there and they could be getting lost in this just wash of just tons and tons of games so it's about and that just keeps going right there's still more and more and more games so finding the games that we so we put together a curation committee of people from all across okay. the industry people who work for every company and, and and don't work for companies and you know um experts and people who really love games who are willing to take all these submissions that we get so it's not just the five of you <laughs> no no right yeah the, <laughs> we're just the board of the nonprofit, but we have a curation committee um <clears throat> i think we, their identities are secret because we don't want them to be harassed but um they right. uh it, it is a, a, a larger group of people and they diligently play kind of break up the list and play as many of them they can and bubble up the ones they think are really special and the whole group talks about it and and makes the final cut and um greg uh rice is the head curator he kind of drives that whole process and um it really so we should harass him okay <laughs> got it i have <laughs> he's not hiding let me tell you greg is not hiding no, <laughs> so you can find but it's like about celebrating like um both beautiful unusual games but also really just there's so many nice fun to meet developers there's um developers from you know underrepresented groups and from countries you don't know that has a big game scene that we yeah. hear from and and promoting those is um is really fun and just just so many so many fresh new ideas all every year yeah that was sort of our next question was like how do you pick i imagine you get inundated with with games we sort of answered that so if if someone is an indie dev and they want to have their game curated or considered yeah how do they do that how do they submit i think just go to the devs.com site and there'll be a submissions link in there there'll be i That's think locking, it's locking it down for the the gdc edition show because we have a show coming mm. up the sunday before gdc and then there's a summer the next one will be a digital one in the summer tied into um summer games fest and then there'll be that live event that you went to in los angeles so yeah what was what was that like because that was like a whole shift too to where like now you're not just putting together like a physical show, but like you're all, like putting together like a, a press conference almost for like the, the summer game fest and all of that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like funny that we like a lot of the things that came because of COVID, we were all just kind of, mm. fast. I mean, we found an advantage to it. You know, we did the digital showcase cause we couldn't do the physical showcase during COVID. And, um, 
But then we found we reached a lot of people over that digital showcase that couldn't come to San Francisco. They couldn't come to L.A. or the West Coast. And so um, people there, there was a worldwide audience and millions of people watching it. I was like, oh, this is also great in a different way. You know, you can never replace the energy of a live show, but reaching so many more people was um, exciting, too. So we decided to keep that. And, you know, a lot of that... um, that collaboration with what um, Jeff Keeley was doing came from the relationship between him and you know I, us and I am eight bit, and I am eight bit really um, John Gibson and Amanda White are, you know, set up that Los Angeles shows to 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 be close to the Game Awards so even more people could come. So um, I think that's 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 good. That's good. Three shows a year. I think that's pretty good. But you never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seems seems like a lot. <laughs> Yeah. To be. Considering we all have jobs, that's uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Second job thing, yeah, yeah. I think one with that, you know, uh, what's maybe like one of the strongest examples that you've seen, you know, from like a game benefiting from the, the showcase, whether it was the digital showcase or the in person, you know. Oh gosh, I mean, I mean, we've had some. There's a, I got to bring up that bundle. There's a bundle going on right now on the Data Devs site that you can get if you fundraise. You can see some of the best examples of games that have um, had some of their first shows there i think we were the first public showing of the untitled goose game i think oh yeah i think the rush to get on the show is they say john says that's why it was called untitled goose game because they had to show it um uh, <laughs> forgive me house house if that's wrong but i think that's right but we you know we showed um our own games like broken age there uh but we've shown um other like uh sports friends and fun things that are fun to play in, in with groups oprah oh, is in that friend. bundle I'm trying to. Th- I don't know if I can. I want to guarantee some of these debuted. A lot of these debuted like below and stuff debuted at the show. But like, um, uh, let's see if I can think of some more examples of um. So I think of uh. I, I wish Greg was here now or John to talk about some of the some of the some of the more um. Uh, unknown, previously unknown games that that kind of exploded uh, at the show. I mean, they're they're um. There's so many, yeah. Do you find that you found, like... Because I imagine you have... I imagine, have you found out about a lot of games you wouldn't have otherwise known about by doing this show? Mm -hmm. Have you found any favorites personally through... I mean, maybe you don't want to single anyone out, but... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, just... It's sometimes it's just an unusual, like, uh, visual look or a way of moving around the world, like... um, the one about the the robot that was jumping between planets was that Jetaromo? Uh, I forget now. I forget the actual name. But mm. um, the, the there's one about a, a sleeping man who just was kind of slithering around the walls of the house. Do you remember that? I one? remember that one. Oh yeah. 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 And I, I was like, I don't call, know. But I remember that one. I don't know if I yeah uh, I don't know if I ever would have <laughs> seen this game outside of the show. I love but that. I really nice. just love uh, meeting all the developers. Like one year, we took them out for a hike down the at Lands End and took them down the oh. you know, for a little hike. And, and and they, you know, some of these people, you know, they're meeting each other for the first time and getting out of isolation. You know, indie games can be kind of isolating. It's just like you and your team of two people. Maybe you're not even working physically with anybody, but just working remotely. It's just nice to get people together and get them socializing. That that really shines through when when you, we're at the events and like yeah. I've I've worked with Indiecade for a, a lot of years and like that's what I've always loved about it is just like people meeting each other and like the the energy is unparalleled I love it and Day of the Devs has that for sure yeah it's um it's something people I think a lot of us old timers don't realize we're gonna miss about E three we used to be able to get paid oh, all yeah. come to one town and be together all the time yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> how are we gonna get that boondoggle back but like uh, <laughs> But uh, you know, do this is a little bit of that for indies because they uh, they can just they can show up and meet, and kind of meet meet each other. 
in D3. Um, yeah, so you kind of brought them up. So what are your events look like this year? Because I know like in the past Summer Game Fest, like you had the booth at Summer Game Fest. Are you doing an actual event there or is it still the same as the past couple of years? Uh, we are doing the, the live shows are the spring and winter shows. So the in-person one at uh, GDC, uh, the summer bef- the Sunday before GDC. And then the winter one is around the, the Game Awards. And then Game Fest is the digital one. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, And then, yeah. Well, how do you? uh, Yeah, you kind of talked about the fundraiser. How do people get in there? And who are you actually kind of looking for to be um, partners with this? Are you actually are you looking for players to be doing this? Are you looking for more industry people or just guys with a lot of money? (laughs) (laughs) Now that we are a nonprofit, we can do all kinds of. You you can be an individual, like just a a game fan can join and drop in fifty bucks or something, or you can be. you know, we still are going for our corporate sponsors and trying to get uh, all the platform holders. Like they've often gotten, you know, larger do- uh, donations or matching from a, um, well, in the old days, we just get a straight up donation from a large platform holder or a large company or um, some have had some interesting uh, sponsors like Squatty Potty. Like whoever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that one. And then yeah. uh, and now we're doing some matching. Those are, those are getting announced when they're, when they're live. But, um, other other sponsors might help. Um, got a nice donation from sometimes a, a really successful developer like Boneloaf, or um, mm. those are also listed on that page. But if you go to DaveDevs.com, you can see the fundraising goals and how to do it, the announcement video, and also there's some tiers. There's the hundred dollars gets you the bundle, which gives you a whole bunch of indie games, and then there's another tier that lets you get mugs and a sock and a keychain. One sock. I don't want to crash the website, but. Okay, you're right. We should do two socks. So a pair of socks. Okay. Well, donate another hundred and you get the other sock. Yeah. Yeah. First sock three. Second. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've noticed that the show, everyone, like you said, is on the same kit of hardware and stuff. So I, I, I guess I had assumed that those were uh, kind of part of the donations and stuff too. Is like everyone's rig and everything. Yeah, something. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, the the compute the PCs are all usually donated by a partner, uh, and um, so like the headphones come from a, a, a mm. company. But um, I, I I don't want to name their names in case they're no, yeah. sponsors this year. But uh, happy to name their names later when we know who they are. <laughs> Once <laughs> announced, yeah, and we'll put everyone else on blast. Yeah, yeah. who didn't? Uh, and then Tim, I know we don't have a lot of time with you, but just before we we wrap up, uh, just a quick personal thing. What's what's starting off your twenty twenty four? What are you playing right now? I I just this just seems strange, but I just remembered there's G- DLC for Dredge. <laughs> I got some yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't played that yet. Oh, oh that's awesome because I loved I love Dredge. Um, the vibe of remembering it and, a DLC is like Christmas. It's like always the best. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So I love that. I'm still playing Tears of the Kingdom. I like this is one of those games I just jump out of and then play something else and then jump back into it. Um, I play through Cocoon. I love puzzle games like that, you know, Cocoon. And I don't. What do you think I should play next? Talos Principle Two, if you like puzzle games. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? Oh. The Talos Principle Two. You know, I've never played a Talos Principle game. That is- I, well, then you play the Talos Principle One think first. You, I yeah. think you would love it. <laughs> yeah. You might like Outer Wilds also. No, I played Outer Wilds. Okay. Yeah, if you like that, you'll love Talos Principle. Okay. Okay. But deep uh, nerd stuff. Can I jump right into two, or do I have to start with one? You could start on two either way. Okay. Good. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Well, Tim, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, Great to have you here. 
and uh, if there's anything else you want to say before you go, just let us know. Just thank you for having me. Let me talk so much about Day of the Devs. I'm glad you guys uh, came to the show, and glad you yeah. hope you come to the next one and have a great time there. We'll be there. I love it. And everybody else, submit your games and come to the show. Yeah. It's free. Did I mention it's free? We have food trucks. Yeah. Free. The food's the not food free, truck was good. Yeah, they're good food trucks. They were good though. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good time. All right. Thanks so much, you two. Thank you. Nice. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Okay. Huber and Damiani are back. Yo, 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 yo. It's numbers time. Love numbers. We got oh. Nintendo's. Numbers Q3. never lie, but liars use numbers. <laughs> Q3 Whoa. financial reports. Uh, first off, overall, profits. Yo, GTA 5 was in the sales numbers, dude. It was said GTA 5. <laughs> I, th- I was going to put this at the five end. 5 million more copies. <laughs> I was going to put this at the end for oh, Huber, though. We'll get to it since it we're already there. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto is now 195 million units. It's almost a 200. Right. It's right there. Red Dead Redemption 2 yeah, is Red at Dead. 61 million units. Get it, Red Dead. And, and NBA 2K24 is having a soft year at 7 million compared <laughs> to 8 million the year before. Uh, they attribute that to fewer people playing on last gen. Uh, last gen sales dipped for NBA 2K. Got it. Still the best-selling sports franchise. Though. Yeah. Enjoy those GTA numbers. <laughs> you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna get a sobering dose of reality with these Nintendo numbers. Or something <laughs> Dude, GTA Six is like launching at 200 Zelda's million. Zelda's not keeping pace, Davianni. <laughs> that is that is very correct. Yeah. Dude, yeah, there is no way in hell Tears of the Kingdom is coming anywhere near 50 Dude, million. Dude, one fourth of GTA Five's <laughs> lifetime for Tears of the Kingdom. I think I can do it. It's just a fourth. One no. fourth of GTA. The Breath of the Wild is not even. <laughs> yeah, Breath of the Wild has so hit fifty. You can stop. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Nintendo numbers. So profits up to two point seven billion with a B. Uh, almost eighteen percent compared to this time last year. Get it? Yeah. Uh, big install base there. Yeah. <laughs> Switch hardware sales are down for the year, seven point eight percent, but that's still thirteen point seven million units. Uh, the total for the Switch is 139.36 million units sold as of December 31st. So just 16 million from being the best-selling console ever. Wow. That's, a, that's another year and a half. They yeah, they'll get that. They they'll could get probably that. get that. For sure. Uh, that is nuts. The best-selling in Japan. PS2 now. is shaking right now. Shaking <laughs> in its boots. Uh, the OLED was up 6.2%. The standard model is down 34.9%, and the Switch Lite is up 9%. So it's going to have all the specialty ones. Software overall is down 4.7%, but even though the unit sales are down, uh, there's a lot of new titles released in 2023 with strong starts. 24 titles over 1 million copies. That is... Really good. Yeah. The Switch. Yeah, yeah, that is really, really good. Wow. 17 first party, 7 from third party. 17? One million? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, when you have 139 million out there, a million is like nothing, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah. And probably. I'm, I'm not saying it's like easy to sell a million copies, but like that, that it, massive install base helps so yeah. much. Uh, probably what helped that profitability number, though, even though the, the numbers were down, digital sales up by 11.7%. Digital world. 
So that means digital sales, digital future. More people buying. We don't want your future. More people buying the digital future means fewer people buying physical, which means less money being spent by Nintendo on shipping and packaging and retailer cuts and all that. GameStop posters and, yep. and big standees and all that stuff. Uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Oh, so good. 11.96 million units in under three months. Hell yeah. The fastest selling Super Mario title to date. Super Mario RPG Remake. 3.14 million units in under two months. Jeez. Yeah. Pikmin 4's got 3.3 million under its belt. That's great. The little Pikmin that could. Huber. Just this year. Yeah. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Here we go. Another 6.79 million. <laughs> just in, wait, in 23 or 24? From, this is just three quarters. The past three quarters. <laughs> it's not even a full year. Nice. <laughs> What's the lifetime on that? Is that is that up to? The it's, lifetime it's on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe yeah. is 60.58 million on Switch. The Wii U yeah. Mario Kart 8 is 8.46 million. Dude. So that's like 69 that, million total. The GTA 5 numbers in are just the most insane thing I've ever heard in my entire yeah. life. <laughs> Huber, just that is the, ridiculous. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has outsold the Wii U. Yeah. It has outsold the GameCube, the Nintendo 64, the NES, and the Super Nintendo. <laughs> just out of the whole yeah. console. <laughs> that is nuts. It's funny, though, because like I was looking at the percentages and calculating that. So 1 million out of 139 million is 0.7% yeah. of your install one. base. Not even 1%. And 60 out of 139 million is 43%. <laughs> so it's like not even half of everyone who owns a Switch has Mario Kart. That's kind of surprising That's to me, correct. actually. Probably neighbor kids. That's why. Oh, Fucking yeah. neighbor you kids. You know, neighbor dude. kid yeah. has it. I mean, all you need is one set of joy You just need one person. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, and everyone has four switches per household. Yeah, so. that too. That's, <laughs> yep, that's probably yep, part yep. of it. Don't need another another yeah. Mario Kart. You've already got it. Yeah. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons is next. 44.79 million. Uh, wow, that could hit 50. Big drop there, though. You know, 60 to 44. Another Jeez. big drop to the next one. Third place is Smash Brothers, 33.67 million. That's insane <laughs> for Smash Brothers. Well, I mean, I know what it is, and that's like, it's still a huge number, but like, even if you classify it as anything remotely close to a fighting game, it's like no other fighting game comes close. <laughs> Smash Brothers. <laughs> like, themselves, what was the Street Fighter 6's numbers at like 3 yeah. million or something? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like Mortal. Like I feel like it's like Mortal. Mortal Kombat's like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mortal Kombat's the only one that can get anywhere in like, you know, it's throw that football over the mountains. It's that roster, dude. The most legendary collection uh, of gaming mascots what in was the it? biz. The rumor that Sakurai's back in the studio <laughs> or something, working on something. <laughs> so this probably why maybe get that next smash going, dude. Fourth place, Breath of the Wild, 31.61 million. <laughs> so take that in, Huber. Breath of the dude, Wild, we'll get the there. first one. GTA 5 is, is still 31? selling, dude. This is a long road. <laughs> it is not right. over. 
GTA, GTA 5 just sold 5 another 5 is on million. Way like, more nothing. platforms. Way more Dude, platforms. Dude, so this shit is launching on <laughs> Switch 2, and it's going to give it a huge boost. Get ready. <laughs> the definitive edition of Tears of the Kingdom on Switch 2, better That's frame rate, better visuals, extra shit. It's going down 100%. A Assuming they do that, and two, assuming they you don't let your digital or physical copy carry over with enhancements. Or oh something. yeah, that's true. They, they probably yeah, like will. You, you don't you fair, don't fair, know. Fair, fair, fair. But there might point, be like a ten dollar upgrade. But who knows how they'll track that? Yeah. But as it stands right now, <laughs> that's still at just under. It's a thirty-one million, either <laughs> under thirty-two million, and it's that's like Breath of the that's Wild. The first one. That's like seven years. <laughs> it's been on for seven years, and it's still not Tears there. Tears of the Kingdom is down at ninth. That's twenty. 20.28 million. 20.2, almost halfway there. So, 10 million behind Breath of the Wild. It's almost halfway. Uh, Mario Odyssey <laughs> is at 27.65 million. Wait, 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 say it again. Mario Odyssey. Yeah. 27.65 million. Okay, okay. Uh, Should be more. Huber, will you count future re-releases of, like, if they do, like, a Switch 2 bundle of Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom or something like that, would you count that still? For, yeah, lifetime Tears of the Kingdom total. Okay. But yeah, like like GTA so, Five does. So the, over the next thousand years, you figure. <laughs> no, we had a, we had a cutoff date. I mean, we had yeah, a cutoff date. Time... Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, you have a cutoff yeah. date. Because I was gonna say, if it's infinite, you yeah, win the no, bet. No, 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 no. There was a, there was a cutoff date. I don't remember what it was. But... I do remember the. Yeah. I remember okay. us making a cutoff Good date. To know. But Good I don't to remember know. what it was. Yeah. Uh, then we got the Battle of the Pokemon. Uh, Sword and Shield is uh, twenty six point one seven million. Scarlet and Violet is 24.36 million, right on its heels. Wow. Yeah. Uh, then number <laughs> eight is the uh, the bad Mario Party, Super Mario Party, 20.34. Yeah. Um, 23? 20. 20 million. 20.34 20. million. 3? And that was the bad one? That yeah. Was a, that was the bad one. That was the one they were like. My cat is. <laughs> cat attack. Hell yeah. <laughs> Cat is taken down for Bobbiani. Super Mario Party was the one they were like, hey, we're going to support this. There's going to be more stuff. And then it just never I came. don't know if that's, they actually said that or everyone just thought they said that and they keep repeating it. And so we just mm. are in this loop of I've everyone been repeating it. Right. I've been incepted. <laughs> no no corrections, so I'll never know. No, it's, it's, it's probably been corrected before. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean in this podcast. It's where I get all my gaming news. Rounding out the top <laughs> ten is uh, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe, seventeen point two million for the Switch version. Mm. The Wii U version had done five point eight two million, and then New Super Luigi U, <laughs> which is concluded in Deluxe, is yeah. three million. Okay. So, all in all, that's like twenty five million for New yeah. Super Mario Brothers U. Wow. Uh. And then uh, some others that were on the report, but uh, out of that top ten, uh, Switch Sports, twelve and a half million. Hmm. Mario Party Superstars, the good one, yes, twelve point three million. Jeez, half of su- everyone got burned on Super. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, Mario Party All Stars is the I already best. Already have a Mario Party. Why do I need another one? Oh, that is like top three Mario. Maybe like dude, it's honestly maybe the best Mario Party game. Yeah, maybe, maybe Luigi's Mansion three. <laughs> Uh, just shy of 14 million, 13.98. Nice. Uh, Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, 13.17. Heck yeah. Splatoon 3, 11.7. Nice. And we already covered the, the 2K stuff. We are, Huber jumped the gun. We got all the GTA in there. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> any, any other any thoughts on all this craziness? I mean, it it it. I can tie it back to the xbox story blood and it's just that install base you know reaching more people yeah having more 
eyes and hands on it and just being able to to play your games clearly and then has Mario Kart selling like a brand new game every year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm Sony or Microsoft, I'm looking over and I'm like, "Yo, 100 140 million install base, like let me get some of that." <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got more to come, but if you've been enjoying the show so far, please take a second to like and subscribe and ring that bell on YouTube and leave a review on those podcast apps. It helps us and it helps you stay connected. And now, a word from our sponsor. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, they grow with you. They can handle anything every step of the way, and they let you stay in control of your business and grow however big you want to grow. I mean, everybody wants to grow as big as they can, I suppose, but they'll be with you at every step. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. I just got some new Allbirds the other day. They're good. (laughs) Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash allies, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash allies. Go to shopify.com slash allies now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash allies. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. Thank you. All right. I got another... Another game with another name for you to try to remember. Lisfanga, yeah. the Time Shift uh, Warrior. Whoa. Oh, this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, dimensional so, Rifts, perhaps? No, Dimensional Rifts. Okay. Uh, well, so, I guess there might be. You might say there's Dimensional Rifts. Sick. Like the multiple clones or versions of you. Yes. Make, isn't it, it's that one, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll, put, cool. we'll put the story clip up here Some first. God of War shit. Some cool art. They go Hubert. They go through like the whole backstory of this civilization. Yo, uh, I love civilization backstories. So it's like, yeah, these demons attack this city, and this woman, like, (laughs) to fight them, basically became the goddess of time. Whoa! uh, And 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 basically like (laughs) froze the whole city to protect it. Uh, And then, but then the people that had fled and survived, they had this other civilization that came up, and. And there's this descendants of warriors, the Lasfanga. That's the the basically where it comes from. Oh, this is like the Hades one. Have uh, you seen this before? It's top down. Yeah, we saw. Well, we saw the preview at Summer Game Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you probably yeah. remember it from there, but it's but actually yeah. out next time, week. Time hijinks. Yeah, and yeah. so this one uh, looks sweet. Yeah, and so basically, 
But what 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 ends up happening is so like again you get the the, the mystical warrior the Lasfanga gets passed down through different generations, and in this generation there's actually twins. Uh, she ends up getting the powers. Her brother ends up disappearing, but then as you're wandering around, you s- see your brother is in this place. Brother drama. And so it seems like maybe he's the one because what ends up happening is that the city that had been frozen in time for 500 years, it gets unfrozen and now like the demons are running amok and you have, you have to go and like figure out what's going the on. The demons are loose. Yeah. Uh, and is they call the, way the demons so like many games begin. or something like that. Yeah. What's up? That's a, a lot of video games start like that. Yeah. The demons are loose. The demons are loose. <laughs> and maybe your brother's behind it but you don't know why. Um, but anyway, so Grenos looks awesome. Yeah, so there's this golem guy that you meet along the way, uh, who kind of helps you out at your home base, and then like, you kind of talk to him as you're you're journeying along, and stuff. Um, but uh, the uh, yeah, there's there's this home base. I only got to see a little bit of the introduction of this. I did the first act, mm-hmm. um, but for most of the time, you're wandering through the city, and then when you get to um, you can probably switch to the other set of B-roll now with the gameplay B-roll. When you get to uh, an, a, a combat area, yeah, then it becomes like an arena where it's like it, it walls off. Devil may cry. And you've got to like destroy all the enemies. But there's a time limit. And so this is where the, the time goddess comes in and gives you the blessing to create what they call remnants, which are copies of yourself. And so you start off with a limited number of remnants. And then as you go farther through the game, you can have more and more copies. And so essentially, it's like, it's kind of like editing, Isla. So it's like you have <laughs> the one, you do one thing over here, and you only have like however much time to do it in. And then when your timer runs out, then you have to do something on the other side. And you have to basically, your goal is to kill all the guys in that same timeline. Killing so, all guys is what I try to do when I edit <laughs> too, yeah. <laughs> So, and then there's all these little tricks that kind of work into it as well. So it's like, there'll be these guys that are called the twins. And when the twins kind of like have a shared health bar. And so you have to kill the guy on the left and this guy on the right at the same time. So you have to coordinate towards like, okay, you go and you kill two guys here and then you kill him. And then on this side, kill two guys here and then kill him. So they're like, you sync up when their death is going to happen. Because if you don't, then the other one will just come back. It to sounds life. like there's potential Bloodworth for every single fight to be impactful because you're you're trying to beat the time. You know, even like trash mobs that you can probably dispose of pretty easily. Mm-hmm. You're still on the clock. You still have to like think strategically. Yeah. So that is and and exciting. every every level like every fight has um, kind of like a time goal. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really seen like what the reward is for like hitting those goals, but there is like a little, a, at least a check box is like, okay, you got it within the time limit. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and some of the time limits are like really quick, like 30 seconds or whatever. Yeah. Um, but some of the other things that you have to do is like sometimes like you'll have to like hit a switch on this side to like drop a gate down. Yeah. And then with your copy, then you can go through the gate. That's go fun. over there. That's super fun. Uh, there are these big guys with shields. And they can only be attacked from behind. But as soon as you start attacking them, they'll face you with their shield. So then you use your so other you need copy. One, That's one fun. person to attack the front. 
then w- go behind them on the next run, attack them from behind. That's very action. clever. This is yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Damiani? How, uh, how amenable is this to, like, the like figuring it out, like, the trial and error part of it? Like, it doesn't, did it feel frustrating at all trying to, when you obviously, like, you don't know what you should be doing just yet? Because I know I, I, these types of games, they can, that's kind of, like, one of the biggest sticking points is, like, how... Know, smooth they make that experience for the, the player i think they introduce everything at a pretty good clip to where you're not too caught off guard like i was saying like each one of these new enemies gets introduced on its own and so it's like you learn how to deal with that enemy and then it's like okay now we'll mix in you know the twins and the guardian at the same time uh another one they have is like these like bomb bat kind of things and so basically like when you fully deplete their health then you like slam them like a volleyball cool. in a direction. <laughs> and so you can kind of use that. So, like the Guardians, like sometimes, you know, I was saying like you could do the thing with one copy attacking the shield and the other copy from behind. But if you hit them with the bomb, then you don't have to worry about that because they'll be stunned. And so you can hit them with the bomb and then just go and attack them. Nice. Um, and How many so weapons are there? Figuring out. So, I, th- I think it's. Like, at least at first, you just have, the like, pretty basic attacks. But I did get, like, a spell to shoot, like, a, a projectile, like a like a Dragon Ball kind of dragon thing. Dragon Ball? Or not Dragon but, you know, like a Hadouken kind of thing. Uh, Kamehameha. Uh, Kamehameha. Sure. Kamehameha! <laughs> the Dragon Ball. But, uh, and uh, I got another thing to where I could put down, like, a big area of effect blast. So you just, like, you know explode just nice. everyone in, within a circle. And it looked like there's a lot of those to unlock yeah. um, when I was looking through the, the, the menus. Yeah, how's the rogue light element? Are you, like, pumping up your stats? It's not roguelite. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's just, like, it's do just you like, get XP? Do you, you just unlock things as you progress? Yeah. Like, you beat a level, and you, it's like, oh, yeah, you got you this. You get certain things okay, sweet. specifically along the way. Uh, With the remnants, they're also kind of, like, essentially, like, pieces of heart. So like if you're if you really explore the world, like you can find treasure chests, and oh. if you get four of those pieces, then you get another copy that That's you can some use. Sora energy, one of her heart pieces. <laughs> They're also um, running around and exploring. I was finding like these blue orbs, but I haven't gotten to, f- to where like you actually use those or spend those. So I don't know what the blue orbs are, but mm. they are all over the place in some little, like, little hidden, hidden corners and stuff. Yeah, probably some kind of shop. So I don't know. How many of those things you'll end up buying versus finding along the way? The ones I've gotten so far were just sort of like handed to you. It's like you got to a certain point and it's like, okay, here's a new ability. Go use it. Yeah. So What's the date on this? Because uh, Hades 2 Early Access is coming up this year, right? This is next Tuesday. This is February 13th. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, pretty Perfection. sure it's only on PC. Uh, and not too demanding. They say, uh, like, I, like I said, I only did the first act uh, and I spent a couple hours with it. But they were saying seven to nine hours. Oh, beautiful! Uh, okay. Yeah, this is this is shaping up, blood. But I was already getting to points towards the end of Act One where I was like, kind of getting into the the addiction of like trying to beat those times. Yeah, it's like okay, you know, I I the time was like forty five seconds, and I did like in like twice that, and it's like okay, now I can get that time down, and then like I got it really close. It's like oh, okay, let me try again. <laughs> let me try again. So nice. that's very promising. Definitely. Blood Good sign. Yeah. yeah. I'm super into this. Yep. Uh, next up, we're doing a couple of check-ins with Huber. Check-in time. First one. 
Suicide Squad. You finished it. You did Endgame. Yikes. Yikes. Oh, Yo, my go. opinion since last week went down. Oh, no. Dude, because I... A solid amount. I, without oh. saying anything, without saying anything, no spoilers, but like, I had seen the ending, or part of the ending, and I figured you would hate it. I, and I was like, you must not have gotten to that yet. Yeah, I hated the ending. Oh, my gosh. And the end game is is really bad. It's really bad, and it's it's shocking that... It's so bad after so long and with the amount of resources mm-hmm. you would have for a project like this, like WB, DC, Justice League, Rocksteady. So, but describe it. Like, what are you doing no, after the game finishes? So, so how do I say it? Basically, basically there's some multiverse shenanigans and, you know. Okay, so that's already started. That's not even, we're not waiting for the season pass. That's happening right after the end. Yeah, there's okay. some like multiverse shenanigans, and you're basically, in a nutshell, just going around doing other than like one new activity. You're basically doing the same activities against the same enemies with just really annoying parameters. Sometimes, mm. like that was the biggest thing that really got me with this game is how anno- just annoying like some of the fights are. Just like, oh, well, you can only crit these enemies, but you have to use a, a elemental to make them vulnerable to crit. Just all this legwork. Like Gabby said the funniest thing where she was playing in the beginning and she was like, yeah, the game asked me to shoot the enemies in the legs <laughs> and I was hard out. <laughs> like it's just, it's just not fun. Like there's so many things that are just not fun. But I will say that I am curious to see what they can do because there is a mode, there is like a horde mode that's pretty fun. It's like a, it's not like a 10 out of 10 grade or anything, but it's pretty fun. There's just like a endless horde mode type thing. And I'm wondering if, you know, season, when season one starts, hopefully that can add a bunch of new activities and new right. ways to play. And maybe they can like balance out some of this, but there's just so much getting in the way of the fun that a lot of the stuff just becomes a chore, and the end game is really, it's dire for me. You know, I, I was gonna stream it, and I, I really wanted to stream it to show everyone, and I was just like, I just, I don't have it in me just to play any more of this. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Uh, there's some very touching Kevin Conroy love. I know some people were like, I did see this thing where people were disappointed with like Batman in in this game, and that was all all my favorite part. Like I thought. You know, we got to spend a lot of time with him. Like, he's like chattering mm. on the, you know, how you hear like enemy chatter. He's like trolling you pretty <laughs> much like the whole game, which is really fun. Um, and there's, a, yeah, like I was, I was openly crying at one point with, you know, the love of Kevin Conroy. So there is that. And wait. I will absolutely shout that out. Didn't we? Yeah, wait. Gabby raises the thing. Didn't we have a bet about that? That Suicide Squad would make you cry? Did we? I, did we? I think that sounds so familiar. Hang on, I'll look yeah, into it. it might have been I was weeping. Scratching, yeah, it might have been in that. the predictions. I Hang was on, crying look. full tears. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll look into yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Uh, and just the boss fights are horrendous, especially the last fight. It's basically like a reused boss fight. It was mm. terrible. So really, the end of this game was just... 
you know, you could have you could have risen up to the surface and swam in the pool of sevens, but you got dragged down hard to the depths of Ooh. something way worse. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Rushing depths. Yeah. <laughs> but on a good note, blood. On a good note. Playing something else. Like a dragon, infinite Le- wealth, still playing. Uh. Yes. And, uh, like, I just wanted to bring it up one more time because I am, you know, I, I had been, like, so critical of this franchise for a minute there because I was so fatigued. And infinite wealth has spoken to me on the highest levels of this franchise. I just keep seeing people talk about this game. It is yeah. one of the best in the series. The way it combines... Kazuma's whole storyline with Ichiban's storyline. Like, it's only Ichiban's second game, but then you have Kazuma who's played so many. Like, combi- I didn't know how badly I needed them together and to just have these, these two storylines that, like, tell their own story, have their own thing, but also connect in really interesting ways. So there's that. And then just... I've been really getting into the combat because I've been doing these like optional dungeons and stuff. That's just how because I remember people feeling like they got burnt out on combat in seven. Yes, this combat just being able to move around. There's like so much depth to it, but it's like so snappy. So I can imagine people that are unfamiliar with turn-based combat or who maybe don't always like turn-based combat can might be really into this. Because position matters. You can move around to try to attack enemies from behind. You can attack them near your companions so that they might get a hit in as well. And then just aiming them around like bowling balls, knocking enemies into (laughs) walls or other enemies. It's just so fun. And even if you grind in this game and you're like leveled up pretty far like, there are some times when you will just stumble into an encounter that is like, okay, wait a sec. I got to, like, whoa, slow down here. I'm not, like, just mashing through these encounters. Nice. Like some of these encounters get pretty intense. Nice. So just infinite wealth is so, so good. Absolute early goatee contender. One of the best in the franchise. You can hop in from – I would definitely recommend playing seven and then this if you're going to go that route. But there is a lot – of culminating with Kiryu's journey, you know. So the the barrier to entry can be really, really high if you're a stickler for that stuff, which I always am, as you know. Uh, but then also if you take the other route and you come Can't get this in, man to play Tekken. If you, if you go the other route, you could totally just play seven and then this. Um, but yeah, I totally get the, the steep barrier of that. But that aside... This franchise is continually excellent, so even if you start at zero or wherever you start, take your time and just enjoy the ride. It's not about just grinding and consuming until you get to the destination. Like, this is... Kazuma is going down as maybe the best video game protagonist of all time. Is that a bold statement to make right now? Who else has been in 10 freaking mainline video games with a story that spans four plus decades? It is just incredible. And I think sooner rather than later, like he is just going to be called the the greatest of all time. (laughs) Like that's where I'm at right now. Honestly, it's nuts. Isla found this thing with Suicide Squad. Okay, yes. So, uh, in our 2023 
Yes. Predictions. Your oh. predictions. The, the question was, will Suicide Squad kill the Justice League, make Huber and Jones tear up? I cried. Uh, yeah. Blood, 100%. Blood, Don, and Gabby said no. Everybody else said yes. Uh, Blood, you said no. Uh, we won't find out from Jones, uh, <laughs> but we had already we had already covered this. Our the game had not come out by the time we did our 2024 yeah, predictions, the and we didn't do carryovers. So technically, the answer was correct, no, because it hadn't come out and you hadn't cried yet. Got but I did make a it. note for next year's predictions that we can mention that you later did cry. Yes, I promise you, I cried. I love that. I love yes, that. yes. So yeah, we I've made a note of it. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, anything else about Infinite Wealth from you or anyone else with questions? or Just a, a masterful RPG with so much to get addicted to, so much variety. Everything is meaningful. The economy. Maybe there's a few too many items and mm. maybe a f- like a couple too many moves. Sometimes like later on it gets pretty overwhelming. Um, but overall... There's just another reason to get into this franchise, because as we know, they only crank some games out, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And uh, just yeah, thank you, Sega. <laughs> thank you. You you know, it's the Godfather. Just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> and doing really well on numbers too. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Like fastest selling. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well deserved. Well, well deserved. Also this week, all right, get our layoffs out of the way. Uh, 2K Games is laying off an undisclosed number of developers at the Austin offices for visual concepts, sports guys. Uh, Hidden Path Entertainment is laying off 44 after failing to find new funding for an RPG they've been working on. Uh, Quote, for over six months, our team at Hidden Path Entertainment has been in numerous active discussions to find replacement funding for an existing RPG for an exciting RPG product. Uh, in the face of a challenging environment, we now have no choice but to pause development on that project and reduce the company size until we have an opportunity to return to it. So that kind of talks about the broader things we were talking about. It's like just the investors are not really out there for people. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's been some headlines uh, about some of the Activision studios, uh, basically just more details on those Activision Microsoft layoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Toys for Bob and Sledgehammer Games both took significant hits, uh, about 80 people each. Uh, the FTC is now raising a stink about it. <laughs> what? Yeah, because of the... Uh, the 1,900 other people. That- well, then, yeah, well... This is part of that 1900. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, because it's, you know, they're still building their case to try to undo the merger. Oh my gosh. For, uh, you know, that they wanted to block originally. Um, so. Which I, in, in reading about that, I, I discovered, you know, that, that they have successfully done it. Like they, they unmergered Whole Foods with this chain that they had already acquired. Hmm. And then they, the FTC made them undo it and like sell off a bunch of that stuff it's yeah really wild it just from the the knee-jerk reactions i saw from the legal folks on my feed it was like they weren't really <laughs> it's like impressed by the the ftc's no. reasoning there uh and then microsoft fired back saying that uh activision was planning to do layoffs even if they hadn't been acquired hmm. so because that's one of the ftc's uh kind of things is you know they're saying it's like oh in court they were saying that activision would would operate independently 
But Microsoft also kind of blew back on that. It's like, well, we did a, the deals changed a long time after that case. We 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 did this thing, we did that thing, and so yeah, kind of wild. Um, but on the positive side of things, to please, please, hopefully slow layoffs Please. in other sectors. IGN is unionizing. Uh, workers have formed the IGN Creators Guild comprising about 80 employees. Can you believe IGN has 80 employees to begin with? <laughs> Large fries. Yeah. Steak fries. Um, at the company. Uh, they're seeking voluntary recognition of the union by Ziff Davis. Uh, 87% of eligible workers have signed union authorization cards. Quick Googling says IGN has 250 employees. Wild. Roughly. Jeez. Wild. Uh, huge one. Disney and Epic. This is wild. Mm-hmm. Sora's coming, dude. Sora's <laughs> coming. It's coming to the island. <laughs> Let's go. They have announced a huge new partnership to essentially create a Disney universe within slash alongside Fortnite. They're still talking about this as part of Fortnite. I'm like, what? You're creating with a so gun. Nuts. Let's go. Mickey with a gun, dude. <laughs> Just wild. Drive by with Sora. Maybe we'll have like little poppers. Like he'll shoot out like bubblegum wrappers or something. I don't know. Well, because Grumbum, my good buddy who I play Fortnite with very often, was talking about this and he was like, Yeah, but could they really give like these Disney characters guns? The rule, like the rule, was, I'm aware of is no. Like yeah. they had, they had big strict stuff for Roger Rabbit where they were like, like because well, Roger gives him that tire or whatever, and they're yeah. like Mickey wouldn't do that. You yeah. Know? So they had to, yeah. Mickey has a keyblade. Yeah. So that that's so what I brought up, yeah. Damiani. That's what I brought yeah. up. I was like, dude, Kingdom Hearts yeah. is pretty like, I mean, it's team for team, but it's like pretty violent. You know, Mickey's out there slashing people down. Like. Yeah, wearing like black coats, being all yeah. like Lord Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of depressed at times. But I do. I wonder though because Punish we do have. Mickey, dude. So we now we have Fortnite creative. We have the. The Rocket League thing, we yeah. have the Lego thing. Yeah. I do wonder if it's going to be kind of more like that, where it's like... The music it's, thing. It's yeah. enveloped in Fortnite. Yeah, it'll be But like it's not the... like you can take those mm. characters, every one of those characters, into Fortnite proper. Uh, so they might not have guns. Yeah. Know, if, if that's the case. If it's like a game within a game. They... Bloodworth... You bring up a good point because you can't bring all of your skins into Lego Fortnite. Mm. Some of them are just like grayed out and you can't use them. Because like ratings business maybe? I don't know about that, but just like they – because when you do it, it's like a Lego version of the characters. So maybe they just haven't made Lego characters for all of them. But, I mean, that's kind of a – precedent i guess because yeah. then it's just the other way and they can use that as an excuse yeah because it's lego one of lego kratos mm-hmm. or something yeah exactly. interesting yeah i like how universal studios announced epic universe and then disney and epic are like hold my beer yeah if you're not aware epic universe is the new universal park in florida which is mm-hmm. where uh the mario brothers uh will the super will nintendo be, world yeah. yeah will be over there they're gonna have a horror world which seems cool Cool. Dark universe. They're yeah, dark universe. They're, they're, they won't let it die, <laughs> dude. So they funny. will not let dark universe go. They spent the budget. Might as well yeah, use the logo and yeah. everything. Um, I had two thoughts. One, I really wanted Sora in Fortnite. Obviously, Disney characters and stuff. But uh, I thought of Jones, a way for Disney Infinity to somehow dude, not yeah. not Disney Infinity proper, but a Disney Infinity adjacent type. 
game sure. that could live in Fortnite. Yeah, because there's a lot of creative stuff, people building levels and stuff. Exactly. Infinity, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Walt Disney Company and Epic Games will collaborate on an all-new games and entertainment universe that will further expand the reach of beloved Disney stories and experiences. Disney will also invest $1.5 billion to acquire an equity stake in Epic Games alongside the multi-year project. Did you get the quote from, uh, it was Iger, I believe? I saw it, I didn't Basically, he was just like, yeah, we saw people's engagement with video games compared to movies and TV, and we uh, really wanted a piece of that. (laughs) There's so many words, he basically just said that. Like, oh, people play games a shitload, like, we want in on that. We, we have to be there, and we have to be there as soon as we possibly can in a very compelling way, that. <laughs> yeah, Disney is so back and forth yeah. on video games. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. My yeah. favorite I thing feel like with, in five years, they'll just abandon him again. Right. My favorite thing with how Disney is back and forth on video games, because some people are like, oh, yeah, we made a game. We licensed our thing. It's like. Disney's like, we made a company, had it for years, fired everyone. Now we've invested a billion dollars in Epic because we're doing it over again. They're either all in or all out. Like, it's so funny. Persona 3 Reload surpassed 1 million units within the first seven days. Yeah. uh, Making it the fastest selling game to reach the aforementioned sales number in Atlas's history. So. Never, never surprising. Uh, never surprises man, man. me ever. <laughs> I will never be surprised by fastest selling game. <laughs> uh, speaking of investments, Kadokawa, parent company of From Software, is acquiring Acquire. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> the co-developer of Octopath, right? Yeah, they co-developed Octopath. But this is the thing that's more interesting to me. They worked with From Software back in the day on Tenchu. Tenchu hypo. So it's time. Let the it's, speculation begin. Dude. It's hundred yeah. percent time for a Tenchu. Look at all like that is that is the the trend right now. We got Assassin's Creed Red. We got Rise of the Ronin. We got Sekiro. We got yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's yep. go. They did it to strengthen the ability to create IP in games. Sick. Do you remember Bloodborne? What the hell? <laughs> What's Come on. What is going on? I will take a patch for crying out loud. That's that's the th- like. Jeez, that's all I want. Like God, everyone's always yeah. like, everyone's always like, including me. You know, <laughs> everyone's always like Blue Point remake, Bloodborne <laughs> two, and it's like, yeah, sure. I want a patch. Just give me a patch. I want a sixty frames yeah. per second PS five <laughs> patch. <laughs> Seriously, that's all I want. Like I'm sure that's more complicated than just saying it, but like, come right. on, dude. <laughs> I'll pay seventy dollars for a patch. Same. Fully. 100%. Full price for a patch. <laughs> yeah, I will pay yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> they release a patch for sale. That'd be the funniest <laughs> <for sure>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's called Bloodborne version 1.0. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yoko Shimomura is being honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award at this year's nice. GDC Awards. So uh, good, dude. Heck yeah. heck yeah. The composer is best known for her work on Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, and several Mario RPG games. Uh, but she's also worked on Street Fighter 2, Parasite Eve, the Mana series, tons of other stuff. Heck yeah. Uh, play this one. This came in my email this morning. This is kind of... I watched this earlier, dude. This was cool. Yeah. It, it, it might not be huge, but it was very interesting to me. I love it when you uh, bring games like this. It's called play. The Bustling World, uh, being developed by a couple in China. Uh, sounds crazy ambitious. It's like you could 
go out and you could be a farmer or you could be a criminal and join the underworld mm-hmm. or you could become a businessman, build cities, be a ruler, find somebody out there that you want to marry. Like there's just like it just feels like you could go around and do just about anything in mm-hmm. this thing. Like it 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 it's so wild because it's like you see things where like you're running around like a ninja stealth killing yeah, people I didn't and then understand. you see another shot where you're like building, building a, a town, town. Like, I was like, city. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> the it, building looked really chill too. I don't know if that was for the trailer yeah, it wasn't purposes. Like too in depth. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like Sims. It was basically just like you know, pillars, the roof, are so cool wall. Yeah, the visuals are awesome. The whole vibe of it, blood. I was into it. Yeah. Uh, features, dynamic world and NPC AI. Every element in the game world thinks and decides independently, Yo, reacting uniquely to your actions. NPCs with rich personal lives, families, and social dynamics respond Dude. to your interactions, impacting the game's evolving cities. Um, authentic production mechanics, realistic ancient Chinese handicrafts like cooking, weaving, and smelting. That's great. Options for manual production or large-scale automated processes. Nearly 2,000 building components for creating diverse architectural styles. Whoa, with how many? 2,000 building components. Holy crap. I'm into yeah, this. Yeah, this game is sick. Uh, Are en- there gay people? Engage with any NPC from neighbors to kings. Ancient China. Befriend, We've marry, existed, you bribe, <laughs> but or I mean, confront characters game, in your cool. journey. Uh, your actions and interactions may have unforeseen consequences and impacts. Dude. Dude. Stealth and loot. The combat, it, it was, I was like, wow, this is like an action game too? An honest life of work. Numerous job roles like shopkeeper, farmer, miner, logger, chef, and many more. And just tons of stuff. Become a business titan. Clothing simulation? To like choose a darker path. All kinds of stuff. Recruit companions. It's got this me. This game is amazing. Yeah. When's it come out? I don't know? know that they have an actual... Because they, they just announced that they're doing wish lists. Raid bandit camps, dude? Oh, I, yeah. know, I don't, I don't like, know that there's like an actual release Yeah, this shot, too, yet. is so cool. But I don't understand like what... Like I need to see the loop. Right. <laughs> I need there, to, this, this does kind of ring of one of those games where it's like... You can do anything, which really means you can't do anything because mm-hmm. it's like everything is like 2% of an idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Like this shot, dude. But this looks sick. in the world? We shall see. Very cool. Uh, next up, uh, another interesting uh, game uh, that got announced uh, last night is uh, uh, Lost Helden. Uh, it's a JRPG uh, from Artisan Studios. Uh, and uh, they've gotten on board uh, Takeshi Oga, uh, who is an illustrator from uh, the Siren series, as oh, well as shit. Gravity Rush 1 and 2. Oh, shit. Damiani's hyped. And then on the audio side, the composer and audio director is Hitoshi Sakimoto, who has been on uh, Final Fantasy XII, mm. Final Fantasy Tactics, mm. Tactics Over, and Unicorn Overlord. So some good pedigree there. And it's an interesting kind of like... 3D, but like painterly textures. Yeah. Uh, look to it. So, yeah, we'll see how it comes across. Um, but yeah, so definitely some interesting, especially some the backgrounds. Vanillaware vibes right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the composer worked on Unicorn Overlord. I mean, yeah. I don't know he's the composer, but yeah, there could definitely be some similarities going on there. Whoa, what a creepo. <laughs> Tongue monster. And the Grammy. 
for best score soundtrack for video games went to Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Very cool. Hey, all right. Composed by Stephen Barton and Gordy Hobb. Well done. It's time for Love and Respect. Love and respect. respect. On point there, Damiani. Yeah, I loved it, Damiani. Yeah, I, I totally cheated. Cheated? How do you cheat? I, just, I did oven respect because I didn't know when it was, I couldn't hear Rufus. <laughs> so I waited for the oh. and went oven respect. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> you you laughed, Damiani, but in choirs, uh, you kind of do that a lot with like S's and V's uh, and stuff like that, or T's a lot. Like I didn't know that. You Yo. can be like, so that you don't have 800 people going at different times, you say like, okay, only the Sopranos do the T. Dude, choir strats. Yeah. Nice. All about blend, Damiani. You're doing great. We started a meme, oven respect. Oven respect. Oven respect. Respect your ovens, chat. From Mistwalker. Mistwalker. Hello, allies. I love lost media. Whether it be an old TV show that got lost to time, or a video game that never saw the light of day, or demos of popular songs that are stuck on some old cassettes, uh, one of the most recent discoveries was an Americanized version of Gundam called Revolution. That got me thinking about what could have been. My question is this. What are some lost media that you all have either a fascination with or that uh, you also wonder what could have been if it had gone further. Uh, or media that you remember that has now become lost. I was going to say Jordiowski's Dune. Oh, Jodorowsky's Dune would have been yeah. lit, dude. There it is. The, well, we got a great documentary about it. Watch <laughs> the documentary Jodorowsky's Dune. It is bananas. <laughs> nice. Sick. Huh. Lost media? Yeah, I don't know Shenmue like if, if it's like <laughs> lost or like just rare, like but uh the Bandai Satellavi Zelda game. Oh sure. Because yeah. if you classify that, I guess. I mean there's been a good amount of preservation effort on the behalf of, you know, trying to restore those and give like a playable version, but you know like Long before we had like oh online game online games game as a service games like going offline and losing those forever this is like one of the earliest examples of oh this is this is lost yeah. time potentially because it was a limited time thing only and yeah I always hoped that one day Nintendo would just reissue them somehow like all the anniversaries like like it's the 40th anniversary of of the. You know, we hit the like 40th anniversary for the original. Um, sorry, not 40th. Uh, I'm lost. But every anniversary milestone we've hit for the Legend of Zelda series, I'm like, will this be? Get it? It's like, nah. Don't think it's ever gonna happen. Yeah. Am I allowed to say Battlefield Two? Yeah, they shut that game off. I know there's like weird private servers. Yeah, people can... have figured out some private server things. But yeah, yeah when they lost GameSpy. Yeah, but yeah, for yeah. the most part, that is a actual dead game. I mean, private servers aside. It's just like one of my favorite games ever, dude. I wish I could just like boot that up. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things like that. Um, yeah, like I don't even know if those things that I came up with are necessarily. PT, does that count? Necessarily I mean, lost media, is a right? good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't let me forget. I brought the PS4 for you. Sweet. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what that's about, but. Oh. Sweet. Um, but, uh, you know, like what, oh, I, you know, we bring it up every now and then, but like one of my favorite movies is, is Nauska. And the like, the 
the thing that got me into that was basically a butchered American version of that movie that I had, you know, as a kid and yeah. just like watched over and over. Like I watched everything else, and it wasn't until like I was, you know, fully grown up and found out about the original movie and then like mm. just how much they had cut out of it and everything. But it'd be still be fascinating to go back and see Warriors of the Wind again now and like actually compare oh, about like how badly they did that. <laughs> Should do that. Um, I have no idea whether this is lost media, but I'm guessing they don't sell this or stream this anywhere. But I have VHS uh, tapes for uh, Gulliver's Travels TV miniseries that they did (laughs) when I was in high school. Uh, There was Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen. Love them. (laughs) I love them. They're in Kirby Enthusiasm a lot. I did like a, <laughs> uh, a compare contrast thing, like between the novel and the TV show, with like one of my term papers or something like that. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, like just tons of old games. Blur, Split Second, Spec Ops now. Spec Ops. <laughs> Brink. Brink. That's a good one. Yeah, I think anything like that where like, yeah, yeah. servers are completely shut off and there's yeah. just no way to play it. Yeah. Oh, dude. Warriors of the Wind, <laughs> the entirety of it is on internet archive nice oh yeah i'm not surprised tell me how he's gonna watch it that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) to honor the question asker i would say missed online yeah um sort of you can kind of sort of still play it they kind of sort of have those servers kind of sort of back up but it's not really what it used to be um these are attainable now on youtube and whatever but like i remember the old uh bbc uh, Chronicles of Narnia series, like Silver Chair and stuff. I really cool. was into yeah. that as a kid. I think I um, think we actually have DVDs of those I, sitting um, around somewhere. Yeah, I was super into those as a kid. And then there was a movie that for years and years and years I remembered from the video store days, and I kept trying to remember what it was. And then viewers of re- uh, reaction shots, patreoncom reaction shots, <laughs> um, helped me re- realize what it was. And Tokyo Slim, I think, was among them. But it's called Attack of the Super Monsters. Uh, and it is it mixes like old Godzilla style like live action puppet miniature footage with Whoa. animated uh, characters, and it is completely insane. Cool. Um, it, I love it. And like, there's models of the sh- the cars and stuff and planes. Um, but yeah, that. And also then um, segments of movies like cut out clips. Like, mm. in scenes that were lost, like, they're more attainable now, but, like, the octopus from, from Goonies or, or the When Love is Gone song from Muppet Christmas Carol, that kind of stuff uh, I always think about. Nice. Sick. Yeah, not to mention, like, all the crazy canceled games. <laughs> Agent. Agent. Agent is lost media. <laughs> oh my god, the original theatrical releases of Star Wars. Great call shift to uh, check in. Oh, Fully, dude. I have those on VHS. <laughs> <You> beast. <laughs> Cannot believe those are just in the vault. Just Insane that they're sticking so to that. Ridiculous. From Chris Irely. What is up, allies? Uh, so I have been a PlayStation Plus subscriber since they originally rolled out the program on the PlayStation 3. Recently, they are holding a promotion where you can upgrade from Essential to Extra for the same price as Essential. So I upgraded to try it out. The thing is, for me, I have been hesitant to try these Game Pass-like subscriptions in the past because I usually own or have played a majority of the games on offer that would interest me, which I know is a privilege that many don't have. 
But I looked over the game catalog on offer right now, and I saw about 20 games out of a couple hundred that interest me to play or try out. So my question is this. What are your personal experiences with Game Pass-like subscriptions? Have they been a good value slash something you've enjoyed and gotten a lot out of? Uh, and also, given my situation, do you think a Game Pass subscription is a good fit for me? Given I own or played many of these games on offer and still have a decent back catalog to go through, does the monthly refresh on the service make it worthwhile? Uh, since we work in the biz, it's a little different because we do get codes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's definitely a factor. I will say some of these subscriptions just stress me the hell out. Like Game Pass was like stressing me out for a bit because it was like, got to get the value, got to play this, got to play this. It becomes more like consuming for me rather than enjoying. Right. So, and like they said, like the, they already have a lot of the, you know, the games that they want, which is usually my experience with subscription services as well, mostly because I'm, because this is my job. Yeah. (laughs) Damiani. Yeah, I think I've only used Game Pass for PC once because we needed something off of it for something, and then it was like a free a dollar for a month, and then didn't re up it. Um, yeah, it's just too many. Like I don't have an interest in having like access to that many yeah, games like so right many. away. That's yeah. I generally focus on one game and enjoy it, and I think you know I don't. I would see myself maybe using it, obviously, but. Because I'm like as Huber described in a situation where it's like I'm just getting access to games already. I don't really need to pay to get any more. Um, so yeah, if I was in a different situation, possibly be interested in one of those. But yeah, currently not. And the ones I'd be most interested in don't exist. Like Nintendo offered like they have the voucher thing for like two games for a discount, but Nintendo offered offered a subscription to get you know just get all the new first party releases. <laughs> it's like sure, I'll sign up for that, but. They'll never do that because they don't want to lose money on that. <laughs> for me, I'm like, I'm like the perfect rube for one of these things because like I just subscribe to it and then forget it exists. Like I, uh, I'll I'll check if something is on Game Pass and be like, oh, it's on Game Pass. I'll try it, you know, because like so many games, if we don't get a code, I'll try it and dip out after like an hour, right? So it's like Game Pass for me is ideal in that way uh, because kind of the opposite of Huber, it's like. It's so rare for me to find a game that's going to keep keep me in, on board, you know? So I, it's good in that way. But, yeah, I mean, like, largely it's because you have to pay to have multiplayer that mm-hmm. I'm like, I got to pay these fuckers anyway, so I might as well pay them an extra 10 bucks for free games. <laughs> um, Sony did not get me on that because, like, their, their program, I think, is frankly terrible. Yep. Um, but I keep the base level PlayStation plus because i need to play multiplayer which yeah. again on playstation used to be free so you know bastards bastards <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it's it's funny because Huber, when you're saying is like you think you probably don't use it as much because you get so many codes whereas like i kind of am like i'm like the inverse of that to where it's like i probably use it more because of stuff that i want to cover or check out that mm-hmm. i might not have a code for right yeah so like game pass is just like a really quick easy way to get it. it's like oh that's on game pass sick totally. don't gotta worry about f- figuring that out or you know asking for it or or, or buying it or, or anything like that uh in terms of like you know chris's situation and like looking and only seeing like a dozen or so games there 
Yeah, like I think if I weren't like if I didn't like have those situations where it's like, oh, I you know, it's just convenient for me to have it so that like when I need it, I can get something. Mm-hmm. I think I would probably be more on like a month to month thing, right? Where it's like if I know like this month I'm playing Zelda and I'm not gonna play anything that's on Game Pass or Play S Plus, then I would just okay, just pause that subscription for now. Yeah, and then when but then you if I see it, something that's there, it's like okay, well I'd rather pay ten, eleven bucks totally. for Game Pass for the month. And then, you know, try to check out a couple other things after I finish that shorty. I love that you say that because I feel like we, our generation has, like, started the subscription model, you know, Mm -hmm. that era. So it's like a little while ago there weren't too many. It's like, all right, I had my Netflix and my Amazon Prime or whatever. So I would just let them run forever. But now because there's so many, Mm -hmm. you really got to, like, yo, cancel it and then reactivate it when you need it. Yeah. Versus just like leaving it on. What I love is when you try to cancel one of these things and yeah. they're like, here, we'll give you three months for I one know. month's dollar or whatever. Like, cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll, but no, I'm not watching that stuff right now. So I guess not. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just like really like figure out. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm not using that streaming service. So why am I why am I paying for it? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas wonder... like with Game Pass, it's something that's like a maybe not every month, but usually most months there's something I end up having to grab on there for one reason or another. Yeah. I wonder, Chat Chat and I are kind of talking, well, we're screaming about columns right now, but uh, Chat mm-hmm. was mentioning renting games and how that is yeah. such a missed feature of the modern era. <clears throat> Pardon me. Kind of and I was thinking that. about Steam and its that refund be policy because, like, if other consoles had that refund policy, I wonder if that would kind of negate the need for a Game Pass type thing because it's like if you could try a game for an hour and a half and then return it Mm -hmm. if you didn't like it, that's kind of like renting it, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of. I mean, obviously, if you liked it, you couldn't beat it in two days and then just take it back and that was five bucks, but I don't know. God, renting was so fun. Renting was fun. Oh, my God, it was so fun. Renting was free when your parents were doing it. God, going just like the endless possibilities, going in and just picking up all the boxes, looking at them. Oh my God, they'd get the new releases and they'd all be gone, and you'd be like, "Well, when's the when's the first one due back?" And they're like, "Ah, like probably two days from now." What's what's crazy thing about that, Hubert, is like (laughs) now, like if rentals had still been a thing, if Blockbuster was still around, we would probably spend ten dollars on a rental. Today. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like, that's and then 10 pass. more on snacks. Yeah. So it's like, okay, True. you can have this game for like three days. <laughs> or you can All pay these $10 right. for right. Game Pass. Right. Totally. So. Yep. We had, Video Vault have five for five, dude. You get five <laughs> movies, five days, five dollars. Wow. It was sick. Holy crap. But maybe that's the thing to, to think because, you know, because there are like those downsides of like things go out of the service and. Mm. You know, and you don't really own any of that stuff, but it's like maybe that's like that's the mindset. It's like it's the rental, you know. Game Pass is the rent recommendation. I was like, oh, you know, maybe maybe just get it on Game Pass, you know, rather yeah. than buying it or something. Yeah. That is one thing I do like about PS Plus. I never speak positively about PS Plus. I'm about to. Uh, the add to library feature. Mm-hmm. So even if you unsub, if you add a game to your library, like one of the yeah. uh, scams, oh, yeah. and yeah. then you unsub for like a year when you come back and you're subbed, you have access to that game. I really like yeah. that. That is good. I also like, for me, kind of thinking about it in that way, Blood, where it's like renting would have cost us probably more because you'd rent three games in a month or whatever, and it would be 30 bucks. But like, 
also thinking about Game Pass and and PlayStation Plus is like, okay, games are seventy dollars now, mm-hmm. and like, if I didn't have these ways to try games, I would I would probably buy some of them, thinking I would like them, right? And if you do that like three or four times in a year, that's yeah. more than twenty you know twenty bucks a month anyway. So it's like. It's saving me money. Yep, the numbers don't <laughs> to lie. To just let it sit there and not use it, it's yep. saving me money. <laughs> 100%. The numbers do not lie. It is an incredible value. There incredible is value. no way to say otherwise. It's just in these specific situations, like now, like this, it's like if you have most of the games already, right? then you don't get as much value. Yeah, or, you know, like, like everything, it's just like if you're going to be playing infinite wealth exactly for 80 hours so you don't need this right now yeah you know so put it on pause totally yeah uh from zach wojnar regarding the xbox murmurs i have a paradox for you Mm -hmm. is it too expensive to make games for one box or is it too expensive to not make games for just one box Would Final Fantasy VII Remake have turned a profit without the extra money that they got from PlayStation for exclusivity? Or is that money more or less uh, what they would have made from Xbox sales? Well, you don't know what that money is. That is... (laughs) (laughs) This is a very high-dollar question. Damn it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the the, the money, like Final Fantasy, but I think in terms of, like, the... the hype slash reach like there definitely is chatter from even like consumers who are like man seems like a the money that sony's getting or sorry square Enix is getting from sony might not be enough to offset you know it, it, like yeah I, I mean it sucks that we don't know the number but I, yeah i think it's fine to speculate and and think about you know would uh like fs7 remake in 2020 if it come out on everything in that april mm-hmm. you know would have been, I mean, it was a huge thing. Would have been even bigger. 16, especially 16. If 16 came out on everything, at least PC day and date, I mean, I think it would, I think it would be like huge. I mean, reception wise, yes. it would be a bigger like tentpole style event and, or just like a moment, not event. But yeah, I don't know how much they're getting paid, but. And, and uh, you have to assume someone in the financial departments are doing and counting or doing Crunch due diligence to like numbers, be like, nah, even if we were like our estimates for other platforms versus what we're getting for exclusivity, the exclusivity is more or something or safer bets, you know, within some margin, you know, of error, or whatever. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's a fun hypothetical, but financially, who knows? Cause we don't have the answers, but in terms of like prestige, and like making it a bigger deal, I think it definitely is impacted by that. I know this is sort of a roundabout answer, but I know that from certain indie f- developers that like being on Game Pass covers a lot or all of their budget for the game, right? So like if Game Pass is paying out enough for the budget of a game, which could be, you know, depending on the game, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars, whatever, like um one one has to assume that sony is paying much more than that for exclusivity on a giant title like final yeah. fantasy so it's just like it's, i mean i'm sure they're running these numbers obviously mm-hmm. and doing this math so it's like 
it's got to be millions, like 20, 30 million. Like yeah, didn't they want to pay like... Chunk of the budget. Didn't Xbox want to pay like 50 mil to, for, to have Red Dead on there or something? Yeah. What was that number? It was some oh, insane what number. They were, they, what they were guessing. Yeah. But that would be for a day one Game Pass release. Got it. Is what they were calculating when they okay. had that, yeah. that chart that leaked. Yeah. Well, and you also have to think about, you know, uh, Sony taking up a lot of that marketing budget too. Like it's like not money going to them, but money that they're not having to pay. Yeah. True. Know, good point. With yeah. state of play and, you know, all the commercials and everything and you know, like how much are they investing on that mm-hmm. side? So, um, but yeah, Square Enix is flat in their report. This is like 1% over last year and that's with the release of 16. So, you know, it's yeah. it's interesting to consider. Yeah, they also, you know, had, you know, other things that kind of dipped down a little bit. But if 16 had been on PC and Xbox, maybe it would have been a little higher. Yeah. Don't know. At I least PC. So. Yeah, for sure. Okay. It's time for bets. Bets. This week's bet. Skull and Bones. SMB. Is out next Friday. Ubisoft Plus subscribers. They get access three days early. Did you guys know that this is the first quadruple A game ever made? I mean, this this is an event. Callisto Protocol was also referred to as triple or quadruple A. We've covered this eight times. times. (laughs) Are you serious? They said quadruple A. I thought the the the. There's also Perfect Dark. I thought Callisto Protocol was uh, triple A indie. No, no, quadruple A. Yeah, that's that was the the one mainstay. The one mainstay, assuming S and B is bad. Is that all games that uh, someone calls quadruple A are garbage? <laughs> I hope Perfect Dark isn't garbage, but it was at the time. Yeah, or not garbage. That's not fair. But, uh, <laughs> don't don't hit expectations in some way or another. Oh, uh, anyways, so we could start playing that on February thirteenth. Not counting the beta that's out right now. Uh, once that game is live, we are going to look through the shops for whatever microtransactions there are available. So I want to know how much will the most expensive item in the game be. Could be a cosmetic, could be a season pass, could be currency, some kind of bundle. Just has to be a single line item thing that you click on to spend real money on in the shop. Huber, the Stealthy Centipede, what do you say? How much? 9999. 9999. You'll have a $100 currency bundle. Damiani, the pompous cocker spaniel. I went with twenty-five dollars. Twenty-five. Isla, the wet hummingbird. I said one hundred and forty-nine dollars and ninety-five cents. Ninety-five. Thinking cents. again of a currency. That's bundle. Uh, the only bet I'm afraid of. That I, I was like, maybe there's a hundred fifty-dollar bundle. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don, the fashionable manatee. One twenty-five. He says. One twenty-five. Gabby, what's yours say? Gabby, Optimus Grat. Ooh, 900, or 9999. 99, 99. Not, not 999. No, $99.99, same as you. 9999. And mine, the Ooh, effervescent hippopotamus, $79.99. Oof, that's, that's really good. good. That's really good. <laughs> Damn, that's good. Ooh. What did Damiani have? Damiani has $25. 25 bucks. Yeah. He's got the low. Got the low. Got the low. All right. Uh, last week's bet, uh, Helldivers 2. Helldivers. Out now. Pretty funny tutorial. Get to name your ship. Good stuff. Uh, we had to drop into the first mission with enemies. Not not the tutorial missions, but those are fun. 
Uh, on the hardest difficulty. Don't do that again, Huber. <laughs> so sorry. What happened? He just rubbed his thing Making... against the microphone. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry, Listeners, sorry, that was his, his betting cards. That's <laughs> yeah, what sorry. happened. I'm sorry. Uh, so we're going in on the hardest difficulty available, solo if possible. We had to run straight ahead, firing continuously. I asked last week how long in that scenario we would survive. Huber bet six minutes. I botched this. What the hell was Damiani I bet a minute and 12 seconds. The hell was I thinking? Isla bet 16 seconds. Don bet 49 seconds. Gabby bet one minute. I bet 57 seconds. Uh, if you've got this queued up, you can play it. If not, I, I don't. It will be at the end of this this uh, this podcast. Watch this. Uh, we launched from the Stallion of Equality. <laughs> the only difficulty setting when you start is trivial. You have to unlock the, all the difficulty settings. That's, on, that's in my favor. That's all you can do is this trivial. That's trivial. You have to unlock them all in sequence. So, however, I was able to drop in solo. You can do that. As I was dropping in, I noticed there was a wall right in front yes. of me. Yes. I walked straight ahead. Yes. I unloaded a full clip into that wall as an enemy slashed me from behind. Damn it. I lived for eight seconds. Eight <laughs> seconds? For democracy. Eight seconds? On, tri- on, tri- on trivial, which then what? and then he quit the mission, which then unlocked the next difficulty. So you don't even have to win <laughs> to get the next difficulty. I got a trophy for <laughs> completing a mission. I just booted out of it. I don't know. Holy but, uh, crap! Oh, you gave me so much hope, blood. <laughs> You're like, oh, trivial. Oh, there was a wall there. The this is what I was thinking. I was like, let's just walk into a wall for six minutes, and the enemies won't even come. There's even a fence there. There's There's, even a fence. The enemy was on the other side of a fence, but oh. it just like slashed right through it. Damn it. The fence did not matter. Damn it. Uh, that brings our scores to Wet Hummingbird 1. Yay. <laughs> wait, oh, wait. Uh, what the fuck does it sound like? Uh. <laughs> I'll work on it. Yo, that was good. Uh, and then our leaders, Stealthy Centipede 3. And Pompous Cocker Spaniel 2. <laughs> Let me tell you about Patreon.com slash Easy Allies. Uh, we are funded by lovely viewers and listeners just like yourself. Uh, so if you enjoy this show, if uh, you think that this is worth your time, also consider it being worth a couple bucks uh, to keep it happening each and every week. Uh, we're having a good time. Talking about video games, seeing what nonsense is in the news every week. Uh, and then we also stream. We put some reviews out there. We put out some other videos from time to time. Uh, and uh, you can support us through direct donations through the links below uh, the video on YouTube or over on Twitch. Uh, you can uh, give Twitch subs or you can become a patron, which is the most effective way to support us. And you get rewards. Uh, at $5, you get this podcast two days early. You get it ad-free. You get bonus love and respect questions. You get to submit to those love and respect questions and put in some games and all that stuff, as well as submitting to the wrong question. Uh, you also get to get into our Discord and uh, talk about what's going on, talk about that news as soon as it's hitting, uh, talk about uh, food photos and anime and sports and all of that stuff is happening in that Discord. And you get to vote on top tens. 
at the $10 tier, uh, you can become a contributor and you can vote on our stream team every month as well as uh, send in uh, submissions for Community Showcase. And then our $25 up tiers are our producers and our platinum producers get a shout out on this podcast each and every week. And this month's shout outs go to Jabawabs, Elthanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, and Raymond Wheeler the Third. Shout out. Shout out. All right. Uh, we got some cool stuff hitting out there. Uh, Huber did a preview on Final Fantasy VII. Played a bit of that uh, before that demo dropped. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. Actually, yeah, you got some compliments on that. Yeah. People thanking you I for do. keeping the spoilers out of it, especially after that state of play. Yeah, apparently way more spoiler yeah, nobody, free than the state of play. <laughs> nobody wants to hear those spoilers. Yeah. Everyone's playing this game anyway. Don't. Watch this. I feel like Square Enix sabotaged us on that on multiple fronts. <laughs> it's like, okay, you're gonna have our preview go up at the same time as the demo, and you're gonna like put out a spoiler-filled state of play, so then nobody wants to watch anything after yeah. that. So, but yeah, I saw some people hold their coverage for a day after. Mm. Like people like didn't do the push for their previews till yesterday. Actually, mm. I was like, oh, okay. But check that out. Also, uh, Damiani, this weekend you're gonna be talking about. Uh, that demo and everything, right? On the solo yes. queue. Yeah, I have Ash Paulson. Uh, he's going to be joining me uh, Saturday at 12 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Um, so we're talking about the the demo in general, Rebirth hype. Sweet. And uh, I'll be somewhat vague about this, but I do want you to be on the lookout because uh, we got a very special thing uh, that we produced. Isla's been putting a lot of work editing it. Uh, it I, I will say it is... Somewhat retrospective-like, but in a discussion format. Yeah. Um, it was really... I really enjoyed being part of it and editing it. It's really good. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. I encourage yes. you to watch that video. However, if you uh, would prefer to do that on audio, it will be on the podcast feed as a bonus episode as well. So keep a lookout for that. Uh, and then... We cannot say anything else about it. Yeah. We're, we're, we'll, we'll say a little guarded, but you'll, you'll want to see it. Uh... Isla will be hosting next week because I will be out at Dice in Vegas. Dice. Mommy's in charge, baby. Yeah. We've got some fun games lined up to talk about. And then whatever the heck Xbox actually says, if Nintendo actually does a Nintendo Direct. Yeah, it's all correct. Oops, all corrections. <laughs> Oops, all corrections. All corrections. <laughs> For sure. Yes. Uh, all corrections I, in Warframe. Next and week. similar to like wanting to be guarded about that last video, I also like I'm, I'm nervous about saying when there will be guests, but we were planning to have a guest. Whether they can make it or not, you never know. Things fall through at the last minute. But if all everything goes according to plan, somebody will be here on this desk. While I'm out. We have to have a segment called Tenno Time when I'm hosting Red Sky. Yeah. <laughs> Tenno Time. Tenno time. Uh, but Isla, since Hi. you won that bet, uh, you get to give anything you want a shout out. You get the final word and you get to sign off with your trademark sign off. Jeepers. I mean, I'll pre-shout out the thing, um, but I can't tell you when it's coming out or what it is. Um so shouting out solo queue because I think that's a cool thing that Damiani's been doing, uh, and we love having guests, uh, and I think it's really cool that he's been doing that. Um, uh, final word. Sorry, I was so hard on you, console warriors. Uh, you know, passion <laughs> is <laughs> passion is okay. Just don't 
don't direct it with anger, you know? Mm. It's okay to love something, but you don't also have to hate mm-hmm. as part of your love. Um, you know? You don't be a fan, not a fanatic. Yeah, that's totally right, Zorgla. That's Zorgla? Yeah. I'm totally right. Um, yeah. Listen, we all love video games and we all love consoles. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, good night and good game. Mickey with a gun. Let's go. Mickey with a gun, dude. <laughs> Just wild. I'm going to kill you. Drive by with Sora. Nice. Well, forward firing. <laughs> Ooh, this is looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs>